Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is fueled by Caveman Coffee. All of them are. Drinking it right now. Mm, what's the grit at the bottom? That was my last cup. I'm done for the day. I'm like, I'm, I'm cranked out. Uh, go to cavemancoffeeco.com and find out what the fuck is up with the most delicious coffee you can ever possibly buy and drink. Uh, we're also brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter has a bunch of testimonials. How much were they want me to read these? But I don't think these fucking things are effective. I'm a business owner, yet novice when it comes to navigating these job boards and searching for qualified candidates for my company. This morning was another near catastrophe. Blah blah blah. Let me just fucking tell you about Zip Recruiter. From what I know and from what I've people I've talked to. It works. It's super easy to do. With one click, you can put your post, like if you have a job that you're trying to fill, you can post it to 100 plus places. Boom. Just like that with a single click. Watch brand new candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. Here's all you need to know. ZipRecruiter has been used by 400,000 businesses, more than 400,000. And they can match you with candidates from over 4 million job resumes. Can't go wrong. It's the best way to fill a job. It's a pain in the ass trying to find someone who's really good for a job. I mean, it, it can take a massive amount of your time and resources. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to do it anymore. You can do it all with one click with ZipRecruiter. Try it out today for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. That's ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan to try for free. ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. We're also brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom is a fantastic resource for saving your time and taking care of legal stuff online in a way that it's like it's simple and easy to do. And you can take care of a lot of stuff that you would ordinarily have to make an appointment for, go to a lawyer's office, pay that lawyer, lawyer, listen, well, I forgot how to say lawyer, lawyer, um, pay them a lot of money. You got to make an appointment, take time out of your day, find a place to park. It's a fucking pain in the ass. You don't have to do that anymore. With LegalZoom, you can form a last will or a living trust. You can form an LLC. You can incorporate your business. You can do all kinds of cool shit online. And uh, you can do it super easy. It's it, You can't go wrong. LegalZoom has an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. It is a fantastic resource. The best way to take care of shit. We formulated, Aubrey, I should say we, but I didn't do it. Aubrey formulated the first uh, contract with Onnit when we uh, incorporated. We did that all through LegalZoom. Can't, can't go wrong. They've been helping people run their businesses for more than 13 years. So try it out. Go to LegalZoom.com and you'll save even more by using the referral code ROGAN. LegalZoom is not a law firm. Advice is provided through independent professionals. Go to LegalZoom.com, use the referral code ROGAN, you fucks. And last but not least, we're sponsored again by DraftKings, DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is about fantasy sports. And you're like, what? Fantasy sports? Who does that stupid shit? I'll tell you who does that stupid shit. People who want to min, win, min? <laughs> I was doing so good. This is who does fantasy sports. At DraftKings.com, people who want to win part of the $1 billion they're giving away this year. You're like, what? No fucking way. Yes, fucking way. This season, they're giving 
$2 million away. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second place. The biggest-y... F- the biggest-y? <laughs> the biggest! The biggest. Biggest-y should be a word. Like fantasy? The biggest fantasy? It's the biggest-y. How about no? The biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs. Again, $2 million for first place and $1 million for second place. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. You don't have to wait till week 16 to get paid. You put your fantasy skills to the test by starting Sunday at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could kick off the season by winning $2 million. This week, this isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time, you fucks. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use the promo code ROGAN to play for free for a shot at part of $10 million in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. They've given away a million dollars to many people. This is real shit. Enter ROGAN for free entry now, only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Use the code word ROGAN to play for free. And we're also brought to you last but not motherfucking least. We're brought to you by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Onnit is a total human optimization website. It is the source of a gigantic amount of the shit that I put in my body, whether it's Alpha Brain, whether it's New Mood, whether it's Shroom Tech Sport, which I take before any fucking savage workout. What we have at Onnit is everything that we have found to be effective, everything that we've found to be effective as far as supplements, everything that we have found to be effective as far as strength and conditioning equipment. And if you click on the Onnit Academy link, you'll be sent to a website that's filled with inspiration, filled with uh, information as far as like nutrition and health and wellness and motivational videos, workout videos. And then there's the physical on an academy, which is in Austin, Texas, which is the fucking best place to work out on the planet Earth. John Wolf is a fucking savage and Joe DeFranco's put together an amazing gym down there. Uh, if you're in Austin, Texas, check it out. I work out there every time I'm in town. Um, go to the on academy link and check it out. Uh, go to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, use the code word ROGAN, and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. All right. Goddamn. My guest today is my friend Sebastian Manasalco, and Sebastian uh, is a fantastic stand-up comedian, a fucking awesome guy, uh, a great guy that I have known for... How many years? 12, 15, 17 years or something crazy like that? I've known that dude for a long time. Let's just, just say that. I've known him for, yeah, about 98, 2008, 10, 12, 13, at least more than a decade. I don't know how many years it's been. It's been a lot. What are you, what are you fucking counting? 17 years, I think, if I had to guess. Great, but just a fucking great guy. Always been a great guy. Really funny guy. And he's got a, um, uh, a special that you can get on Amazon. It's Aren't You Embarrassed? And that is the special that I saw on uh, Showtime. He's just fucking great. He's a great dude. He's hilarious and I uh, really enjoyed talking to him. And uh, me and Red Band sat down with him and we had a great time. So without any further ado, please welcome Sebastian Manasalco. All right. Joe Rogan Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. Oh, oh, and we're live. If you're looking for something to do in Hollywood, 
tonight at the Comedy Store. Brian Redband. Ooh, he's right here. He has a big show tonight. Big show. Big show at the uh, Comedy Store. Jim Florentine. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Dom Irera. Jesus fucking Christ. Ben Glebe. Steve. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, AG. but he's hilarious. AG. He's fucking hilarious, but I always ruin his last name. Dean Del Rey. Fresh off of a fucking motorcycle accident. The kid can't be stopped. Brian Moses. Jesus fucking Christ, what a lineup. Brian Redband. Uh, Mike Lawrence. Tony fucking Hinchcliffe. Mark Saratella. And Secret Guest. Two of them, which I know, which are national headliners and very hilarious guys. Yes. And, uh, well... I can't say it's a guy or a girl. Yeah. One of them is fucking famous as shit. Yeah. But uh, apparently this bitch is uh, too big to have her name put on the... I say bitch with all due respect. <laughs> In reference to Dharma Rara. With all due respect. Yeah. It's tonight, though, at 8.30 at the Comedy Store main room. Tickets are only 10 bucks on sale right now. Yeah, they're on uh, Brian's Twitter. They're on my Twitter. And if you go to the comedystore.com, uh, you can buy, buy the tickets. Fucking Sebastian! Speaking of Comedy Store over here, this What's guy! What's happening? What's happening? Nice to be here. You and I have been friends for a long fucking time my friend Long time i remember man. when you first started 1998 you were God very damn. very uh, prevalent at the comedy store when i first came there you were like uh you were there every night and then you left and now you're back it's yeah i'm good back to see i back. love it back man I'm, I'm having a great time i think this is the golden age of that place it's I fucking mean, amazing now right well compared to some of the times that we shared there when uh 2000 2001 i was a young fledgling comedian and uh Wearing snakeskin see-through shirts. <laughs> you definitely had a very interesting style. <laughs> like a Long Island club style. <laughs> I was trying to bring the nightclub scene to the stage. That's what Ooh, I guess it was. I tried that once. I mean, didn't you ever go through like, I gotta have an outfit? Yeah. Or, yeah. What was your outfit? <laughs> my first time on stage. This is how retarded I am. Uh, not just my first time, the first three or four times, I tried to dress like a comedian from that movie Punchline. You know, like I would wear like the sneakers with a, a den like a jacket, uh. like a blazer, but with the sleeves rolled up and maybe a wacky t-shirt or I had a wacky pin, like a pin with a smiley face and a bullet hole in his head or something. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. When I stop and think about what a fucking tool I was. You know, but, but at I, least that, that's <laughs> in the that's in the normal kind of. But I, I was wearing <laughs> Melrose Avenue snakeskin see through where you could see my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you were too. I remember it. This isn't bullshit. You would wear some of the wackiest shit. Yeah, it was it was awful. Yeah, well, I was just trying to find my footing. You yeah. know, I was just trying to be different and uh yeah i had to go through that stage i guess was that all your idea or did you have a manager that, that no this is all me i came up with these marketing schemes <laughs> when i when i first came out to uh, uh los angeles i'm coming from chicago and i come from a, a family where my father's a hairdresser my mother's a secretary nobody's in the entertainment business so i'm like how am i going to crack into this so what I did was I, I went and I took some modeling shots off the uh, expressway in some weeds. With, uh, <laughs> this is professional shots, I thought. In weeds? Yeah, I did the, um, I don't know if you ever did the uh, like Barbizon modeling thing where you heard it on the radio. If you think you got it, come down and... Uh, oh, yeah. I did that on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in, I took my photos, I brought them home. My mother's like, the photo's beautiful. <laughs> you, you got to send this out. This is this Hollywood's going to love this. So what I did was 
I shrank it down into like a uh, four by six, and at the time they had a Photoshop on the back. You could, uh, you could. Uh, there was like a bunch of people watching a movie screen. So in the movie screen, you could type text. So I typed in "coming this summer, Sebastian." Like a, like it was a movie. I didn't put any phone number, nothing. <laughs> I figured I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wet their beak with the photo. <laughs> this is how sick I was. So I'm thinking the casting directors are gonna get it and go, oh. And then look, he, he didn't leave a number. <laughs> so when I got to L.A., I sent out another batch, and it said now playing. In Los Angeles, with the phone number. Not mm. one phone call. Not None. one call. Zero? That was it. That was my entree. I would have felt like there was at least one nothing. dude trying to fuck you. If I was a sleazy casting director and I was of the gay inclination, I think you're my fucking kind of guy. Yeah, like, no, nothing. perfect. I didn't even See get through, a gay bite. See-through that gay bite. <laughs> <laughs> See-through snakeskin shirt. <laughs> fucking A, man. This is my guy. Oh, I've been waiting God. for him to come up. Terrible. I went uh, I went on stage one weekend, one of the worst times I ever bombed in my life. There was a, bu a bunch of factors that led to this bombing, but uh, one of them that I was dressed up like I was going out to a club. And uh, I, I, this is like the first time I'd ever done it. Like I had Cavaricis. Remember oh, Cavaricis? Yeah. They were like tight at the top and they kind of ballooned out <laughs> a little bit in the legs. Very nice. I had like a nice shirt, button up, looked good. I had hair back then. And I was on stage and just fucking eating plates of shit. <laughs> and then I, I remember it's like being so uncomfortable with the way I was dressing and bombing. I went on after Brewer. It was like one of my, it was one of the pivotal moments of my young career. I'd only been doing comedy like, I gotta say like three years maybe. And I was headlining. Really shouldn't have been headlining. Really didn't have the time. It's just bullshit. Mm. I was I bullshitted my way into position. And I kind of pulled it off till Saturday night late night show. Saturday night late night show, Brewer went up and lit the fucking place on fire. I mean, he crushed like I'd never seen any comic crush before up until that moment. It was just like, Jesus. I was terrified backstage. Fucking terrified. Just didn't know how to follow anybody back then. Yeah. Didn't know how to laugh at it and just ride the wave and have fun. Just it went up there and ate plates of shit. But part of it was definitely I was super uncomfortable with the way I was dressed. I was like, "What am I doing?" But were you wearing that off? Were you were a Cavaricci guy, or did you just figure? If I, I was get trying to get laid, I guess I probably. Would've. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was so lost. <laughs> I was just lost. I would wear whatever worked, you know. When you're trying to get laid and you're a young guy, you fucking wear whatever they whatever like. Is, the, yeah. the clothing is entirely dictated by the success. Like, w women's uh, appeal, like, what, what women find appealing, that's what we wear. Whatever the fuck they... There's a reason why the fanny pack. This is why people can't wear fanny packs. My beloved fanny pack right here. See, I'm married. I could pull that shit off. If you're not trying to get laid, you can wear that fucking thing. Or if you don't give a fuck if you get divorced, you can wear that thing. <laughs> but if you're, if you're a guy, if you're a young guy hoping to impress a gal, and you walk around with a fucking bag bolted to your waist, yeah, you know, it's not going to You've got to wear what they want you to wear. It's, it's all dictated by women. Fashion. If it was just men on the planet, there would be no fucking designer shoes. <laughs> there, would be, there would be nothing. There would be nothing. We'd all be wearing skins. We'd all be wearing animal skins or whatever the fuck is comfortable. Cotton shit, shorts. Nobody would give a fuck. If there was no women, if it was just removed from the equation, if no longer, if there was no, like, not only were there no women, like, we didn't need to reproduce. People live forever and every guy that's here is going to be here forever. That's it. 
This is, these are the people. Done. It would be the fashion industry would tank. It would go crashing down into the ground so quick. But does your wife have any say on what you wear? Like, Joe, you want to put like a, a button up on? If we go out, she will ask me to wear something nice. If we go out, like if we're going out to a nice dinner somewhere, we'll do like a date night, go to a nice little restaurant. We've been lately going to these Michelin-rated restaurants. You ever do that? Yeah, yeah. You go look and find, oh, it's a Michelin-rated <laughs> one. Oh, it's a five-star one. And you go to these places. You ever go to those? I mean, they still have Michelin-rated oh, restaurants? It is worth going because it's all those crazy foodie people. Like, have you ever met a real foodie, like a legit foodie? You know, like, they'll tell you, like, where the spots are. We have some friends that are like, so like Brian Callen. Knows all the spots. Callan and his wife are like legit foodies. Callan is like, he's a legit foodie and a legit wine connoisseur. Like, he really knows. I just remember shit. I like try to pick stuff that's expensive. Like, that's a hundred bucks. It's got to be good. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's, it, can't, it can't be terrible. And, but Callan knows like where it's from, what part of France they grow the grape. He'll tell you how the grapes are fucking different than the other grapes. But these restaurants, then, like, if we go to one of those, like, she'll ask me, I have to wear shoes. I have crocodile shoes. Crocodile skin shoes. Fuck yeah, I do. So those come out on the Michelin nights? <laughs> yeah. I wore them the other night. Double date with Cal and his wife. I have my fucking gaiters on. Woo! Looking slick, dude. I'm telling you. Is there something that you wear that your wife hates every time you wear? Like, do you have, like, a suit? Yes. Those barbell jeans, those jeans that I have, they're 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 elastic. Yeah. <laughs> they're fucking totally. Ru- they're rubber jeans. They're fucking elastic. They're, they're, jeans. They look like jeans, right? Yeah. But like, Sphinx. but when you pull them, they're like this. They're like this cloth. Oh, like cool. they look exactly like jeans. Like I, I wear them on stage all the time, but they don't bind you Where at you all. Get those? The company sent them to me. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of companies. Diesel makes them now. A lot of, co- but they they don't make them with as much elastic as barbell. Though barbell is the shit. Those are like fucking. There's no resistance. It's like like your legs can. You can do full splits in them. No problem at all. You can you can kick somebody in the head wearing those. You wouldn't have any resistance. Does she not like them because they're not realistic looking? They're ridiculous. Like <laughs> girls don't like. They don't like anybody finding out you're wearing rubber stretch jeans. <laughs> rubber jeans. You can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> find out your fucking husband That's is wearing funny. them to mock him. Oh, so is your husband still wearing those jeans? Is he wearing yoga pants too? Do you guys go out and he wears yoga pants? So they're like yoga pants in jean form. They're not that tight, but I have another pair that she fucking hates. I don't. Even, I think she hides them because I can't find them. They they have a drawstring. They have a, like they tie at the top. Oh yeah. And she's like, those are fat people pants. <laughs> And I go, well, first of all, you're fat shaming, okay? <laughs> Second of all, if you are not overweight, I am, I'm not an overweight person, so if I'm wearing these, will you give a fuck if I'm wearing fat people jeans? You know? But it, to her, like, the fact that they have a string that you tie at the top is embarrassing. Yeah, no, no strings. Women do not <laughs> like any strings. But they you wear them. have a button. Right. Then it works. You just tie in your clothes, forget it. Yeah, but why is that? I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I got a few drawstrings in the closet. Nothing wrong with that. Right? You drawstring jeans or... or... Uh, but, listen, guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not up to the rubber jean yet. <laughs> That's a whole other deal. All the companies are making them now. I see them on the street. Like, there's a big billboard the other day for this other guy. I think Lee makes a pair of them. Diesel makes them now. Well, then I got to look into it. Look into it. I'm telling you. Go down Melrose next time you're on one of those mad shopping sprees. You got all your bags over your shoulder. Yeah. 
That Melrose Street oh, is a strange environment. Well, in the ni- 1998, I used to live on that street. I used to go to all those stores. And then they all kind of closed. So now it's going through kind of a weird resurgence. So they don't really have those those leopard nipple shirts that they I don't. used to <laughs> It's a what completely is it, what is it different like thing. Now? I don't know. Every time I go by, it's like a new store that's opened up, a new coffee shop. A lot of, uh, a lot of skateboarding shirt stores yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. Like, Did you see that skateboarding video that I posted on Instagram yesterday or on YouTube yesterday? Mm-mm. We played it on the show yesterday because uh, we had a woman that had suffered from a severe head trauma. This fucking kid is going 70 miles an hour down a road in Colorado. He's got this super deep, steep hill, and he's just tucked like a skier, like one of those speed skiers. Oh. And he's fucking flying, and it's just, oh, your hands get clammy, your feet start twitching. You're like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Watch it when you get a chance. Oh, I've seen one of those. It was two guys, though, and they were going oh. like that. It's nuts. It's if you crazy. wipe, if you wipe, you it's are over. so fucked. One rock. Yeah. Anything. Well, I think they're probably pretty good at balance. Like they can probably pick it up pretty good. But this motherfucker, there he is, uh, right there. Look at this crazy fucker. Fuck that. Oh Who's yeah. Filming yeah. It, do you think? Probably a car. Uh, I would imagine yeah. a car, which is how they know it's, he's going seventy miles an hour. That's a very good question, though. Could be another asshole behind him. It's also doing the same if he, thing. If he hits a rock, the car is going to kill him. Mm-hmm. But That's a very good question. That's a very good uh, point, though. Well, he'll go. Ford, it's not like if he hits a rock, he's going to stop dead in his tracks. He's going 70 miles an hour. I don't know if you know a little thing about cold inertia. You know, but how, the, how the that car's works. not going to know he's going to hit a rock. No. But the car, w- he will not go that much slower is what I'm saying. He's going to fly forward. If he, if he wipes, the guy's going to hit the brakes, and he's going to go. He doesn't have any brakes. Like, so he's going to skid yeah. and remove all of his skin. Have well, you ever seen someone who's gotten like Dean. mad road rash? Did you see Dean Del Rey? He posted on his Instagram his whole side just skinned off. All his tattoos on his arms, where he uh, skinned his arms, his tattoos look brand new now because it just took a layer of skin off, and so it looks like he just got his tattoos again. Ooh. So like you know how you're, you're exfoliating? You're, yeah. So it, like how you, <laughs> if your t- tattoos fade, just get in the car accident. Oh like, wow. Jesus wow. Christ! Yeah. Yeah, so somebody hit him going 70 miles an hour, a tweaker, uh, supposedly carjacked a a car and had an accomplice following her. She hits Dean going 70 miles an hour, gets out of her car, gets in the other car and takes off. How does he know she was going 70 miles an hour? Uh, He was just guessing because he was going about 65 or so, and then he saw her coming up behind him in the rear view. Like just going crazy fast, and he, he said that he was she was going so fast he didn't have a chance to like get out of the way or anything. He, she just went right into him. <clears throat> How does he know she's a tweaker? Uh, I don't know. It was a carjacking, so uh, I'm guessing. yeah, <laughs> good, most likely. <laughs> Uh, Damn, he's lucky he's okay. Yeah, I can't but, believe he's going on stage tonight. Yeah, he's going to be a trooper. Sur- he's going to get a hero's welcome tonight. Oh, lay down. He was at the comedy <laughs> store last night, and uh, you should see how many people are like, oh, are you okay? And doing like that, the pat. Oh, <laughs> like, no! If you get a new tattoo, that's the first fucking thing people do. They slap that tattoo. Yeah. They can't even help it. I think it's like a magnet thing. I think people are attracted to your injuries. Yeah, but he's uh, supposedly quitting uh, motorcycles, which is interesting. He, he said he got out of his get-out-of-jail-free card or whatever, so he's... he's He's wow. looking at a Volkswagen right now. Wow. Good wow. for him. Yeah. yeah, it's a scary thing, man. Scary thing. You look like you, uh, you're you like a, a thrill seeker. Like you uh, got a motorcycle. You don't you got a motorcycle? I'm, I'm fucking torn. I'm like half of two different people. <laughs> I'm fucking terrified of everything. And I do a lot of dangerous shit. But no, I don't have a motorcycle. No. I, I came close. 
But uh, I was actually going through the motorcycle safety course, the whole deal, with a, a couple of buddies of mine that still ride. My buddy Peter Hirschko, he's still riding. Um, but when we were doing it, two people I know wiped bad. That was when Frank Mir, who was the UFC heavyweight champion at the time, got hit by a car. He, it's, they snapped his femur. This guy, uh, old man, ran a red light, just spaced out, just fucking nailed him, sent him flying 70 feet through the air. Jeez. He soared 70 feet in the air from a car, and, his, and he's a, Frank's a giant dude, and his leg snapped in half, and he wasn't the same for like, like a year and a half, two years. It took a long time for him to recover. That scared the shit out of me, and then my friend Edson fell and just tore his uh, shoulder up, and uh, he, his shoulder was fucked up, and you know... That was it for me. I, and then another person I know saw somebody hit. I saw somebody got hit the other day. I didn't see the hit, but I saw him after it was over, and he was screaming in agony, lying on, his, on the ground. They had, like, the car beside him. His bike was wiped out. He's like, ah, ah. Yeah, you hear all these things about, I got a, I got a scooter. Uh, and I pop around town with the scooter, and, uh, and then you start seeing stuff like this, and you're like... Maybe we should give the scooter a rest. But I got to tell you, if to, to, to drive around in, a, in L.A. in a scooter is, is I mean, it's shaved some time off and mm. park right in oh, yeah. and bounce out. But, uh, you know, you don't think anything's going to happen. But then you hear someone like this with the carjacking and then you're exposed. So I think the best move for those things is when you're on the highway and it's bumper to bumper and those motherfuckers are cutting the lane because yeah. people at home, I don't know where you live and. You're listening to this, but in L.A., for some strange reason, you're allowed to drive in between cars mm -hmm. legally. It's super fucking dangerous. Yeah. Like, when I lived in Boston, people used to do it, but it was illegal, and people would get mad when people did it. But here, it's totally legal. Like, yeah. I had some friends that came out and visit, and one of the first things that they said was like, dude, everybody's breaking the law on the highway with the motorcycles. Yeah. I'm like, they're not. Like, that's the law. You're allowed to do that here. And they just looked at me like, that, what? It's crazy. Who, I, when I first the, saw it, I was like, what the? They yeah. kind of almost clipped my mirror. Yeah. yeah. You know? like, my mirror's been clipped. My, my mirror's still fucked from a motorcycle guy doing Really? That, clipping my mirror, yeah. <sighs> he's like, he's alive. I mean, you imagine you're, you're fucking. <laughs> those Ducati crazy fuckers, those mm. Hayabusa dudes. That are, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even stop. I don't even think he knows. <laughs> I was driving home from the comedy store once and was one of those gangs of motorcycles. Oh, yeah. You know, you get like 30, 40 guys out riding and one motherfucker is doing a wheelie for like a half a mile. And he's going fast. He's just, just, just barreling down the highway, cars all around him and he's doing a wheelie. And all I can think of is this fucking dude goes down. He's a dead man. And we're all going to see it. We're all going to see cars rolling over his head. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's exciting now. Must be a thrill. Oh, it's a rush. You get that scooter up to thirty-five. I tell you. <laughs> See, I think that's, that's a good idea because I live in Burbank, and that wouldn't be bad to just like go to the store. You know, yeah. go to you know do little things little here things. and there. You should but, get one of those hovercrafts that got Wiz Khalifa arrested. Oh, yeah. Get one of those things that, like the dude I, has at the store. I, I can't do it, man. I, I, those are great. I hate how, like, just going into like the bank and there's people standing on those things. And Come on. you really seen a lot of them? Oh, everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. You would, you would drive around on one of those things? Fuck yeah. You would? <laughs> Fuck You yeah. would go to Ralph's and the thing yeah. up and yeah. down the yeah. aisle? Fuck yeah. Until <laughs> they make it illegal. You know why? With, with your rubber jeans. Rubber jeans. <laughs> your nipple, your, lip, your leopard nipple. <laughs> Tell me where you bought that shirt. I'll wear that. That's my new outfit. That and the hoverboard. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to make them illegal. 
So, like, right now, like, when you're driving around in a supermarket with those things, you can get away with it because there's no law? Did you hear what happened? The guy that's on Shark Tank, the, the rich billionaire guy, he actually owns the patent for all those. And all those are just generic replicas of the original that are sent from Korea. So all these ones you see around are just rebranded generic, uh, like, shitty ones. So he's going, all right, everyone, stop selling these now. I own the patent. You all owe me money. So he he's, he's raking it in because of those things. Oh, no. So he owns the patent, so he put a stop on all these people selling? All, all the generic ones have to stop, and what's probably going to happen is he's probably going to uh, raise the price of them. Because right now, you can go to Amazon and buy one for $350, so he's probably going to make that like $1,000 and only have one brand. You know? hmm. the, the Chinese are just going to sell them anyway. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. They're just going to keep fucking selling them. <laughs> you can't stop them. Yeah. I mean, they, they fucking copy towns. They yeah. copy entire towns. They copy everything over there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of, I kind of like that they do it. You know, I don't like the fact that someone's counterfeiting someone's work, but I love the fact that we live in a world that's so crazy that there's a part of the world where you just accept that they're just going to copy everything. They have a whole fake Apple store in China. Total fake Apple store. You go in there. This is an Apple logo. All the shit is counterfeit. <laughs> Have you never seen it before? That's no, great. It's fucking amazing. I mean, look, if I was Apple, I'd be pissed. But look, you're making plenty of money. You should be laughing. You should be laughing at the fact that this exists. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if it sucks if you're in China and you want to, oh, look, I'll just go to the Apple store and uh, get my... How come it doesn't have a... What, why does it have a USB port in the bottom of the iPhone? Like, what is... Like, they just make their own shit. That'd be crazy. Just slap an Apple logo on it. Yeah, it's, they don't give a fuck, man. They copy entire cities. There's a, a, an exact replica of Paris in China down to the, every street. Yeah, they have an Eiffel Tower. They got no originality there? Nothing? Uh, no, no one's looking at their city and going, let's, uh, let's be unique here? I don't Nothing. know. Well, I, well, you got to wonder. I mean, I'm not a sociologist. You got to wonder, like, what is it about certain cultures that promotes creativity? Like, obviously, America. Like, America is known for being a very creative part of the country and if you look at like african americans african americans are known as being like some of the most creative and innovative people as far as like culture as far as like the way they dress and the way they talk they're like the most imitated you know like they're like they're they're pushing music like think about like chuck berry Jimi hendrix you know like go back to like the old days of rock and roll james brown all these black guys these white guys were like fuck we gotta do what they're doing like Jimi Hendrix, like when they came along, the Beatles watched him and they're like, we got to fucking quit music. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like this fucking, what is this guy doing? Everybody was like, Jesus Christ. And what is it that makes them like that? You know, what is it that makes America like a hub of innovation? I mean, there's some innovative places in the world. Yeah. But this spot, especially when it comes to art. Especially like when it comes to stand-up comedy, what we do. Yeah, why? Why are why when you go to Germany or Australia that uh, no one's pumping out movies, TV shows like uh, like America? I mean, Australia these, these, does a little bit, and they they produce like like good comic. Like Jim Jeffries came from Australia; he's a great comic. They've got some really funny guys over there. Um, there's some real good local comics, and they make some good movies and stuff like that. But there's not that many people in Australia. Australia is a giant place, and it's got as many people as L.A. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I was just saying in regards yeah. to entertainment. Yeah, as, as a whole, America seems to have that kind of on on lockdown. We got it on fleek. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Like Germany, not good at all. Like Germany's 
Real stiff. Brian, were you around when that guy was coming to the store? Were you around when that guy was coming to the store? It was like oh, the main guy from yeah, Germany? Oh, yeah, with the hair. <laughs> yes. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, God. No, I don't know Not if you were balls. there. No, um, no, 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 no. He was a really, really uh, popular guy in Germany. And he had decided that he was going to make it in America. And, I mean, he barely spoke oh, English. Oh, God, yeah. He came with his doing juggling. Mm-hmm. He was had a suit on. Uh, yeah. I forget his name. I forget his name, too, but it, we were all like, what? Like, what is this guy doing? Like, it was interesting because we, we kind of, like, respected the fact this guy had the balls. Yeah. He realized that, like, for stand-up comedians, like, when I was living in Boston, we would all hear about the comedy store. It was, like, Mecca. It was always spoken about in hushed tones. Like, you got to go to the comedy store. That's where Pryor started out. That's where Kennison started out. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, the comedy store, the comedy store. And then, you know, you'd get there and you'd see fucking James Stevens III asking for a standing ovation. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? <laughs> Singing Wizard of Oz songs and shit. Like, yeah. it was a dark time in the 90s. It was like we had missed the Kennison wave. And, yeah. you know, when you and I were uh, first starting at the store, I was a, a few years before you. I, was, I started in 94. Um, at the store and it was just like whoa this place is dark like it's it was gross yeah. it's like a lot of lot of bad comedy going yeah, on it there was bad but this fucking dude decided hey you know i'm a big star in germany but i'm gonna come to america i'm gonna try to make it didn't even speak english frank lemberman that's his name that's his name frank lemberman yeah nice guy nice guy. real nice guy just didn't work he just his comedy was like slapsticky like charlie chaplin movie type shit like he would fall down and fucking <laughs> yeah he was, didn't know what was going on <laughs> this guy went on stage and it was like uh yeah. he was like the i think he had a talk show in germany mm-hmm, and something. he came here and he tried to make it work and it's amazing how many people come in and out of that comedy store mm. if you if you went back and looked at the people that came in they stayed for a little bit they left and you know where did yeah. he go so it, it, it was a the names time. on the walls sometimes i'll just sit there with google open and just google people's names yeah. on the walls have them i can't even find on google like there's like <laughs> some guy named mc Zren or something like or mc zen MC like, Zen? Yeah, and I was just like, well, that's a weird name for a comic, so nothing about him. There's some towing truck company on the side of the wall. Have you ever looked at the wall? There's like a lot of names that I think people just put up there without yeah. them knowing. Do you think that that <laughs> happens like with doctors? That like there's like doctors, like whatever happened to uh, Mike, the ophthalmologist? Ah, just not doing it anymore. You know, like does that happen? Like they go to ophthalmologist conventions and yeah, they get, you know, he's it up. just quit? He just quit? Like probably not as much, right? They get saddled with all these bills and... You know, there's no student loans for comedians. Yeah, I don't think I never saw a guy or met a guy. Yeah, used to, used to do uh, medical stuff. And, uh, <laughs> I ran into no, a guy man. at the Improv the other night that was an open micer when I was an open micer, and from Boston. And he just decided he goes, "Yeah, I haven't done comedy at all. I haven't been on stage in 16 years, but I thought about it all the time, and I decided to come back." Wow. What wow. Do, you know? How do I get spots? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking ran away from. <laughs> <laughs> Like we can't even. This is a conversation. How do I speak English? Well, you got to start with the alphabet. <laughs> Fuck, man! Like, what? What can you even say to a guy like that? Go, go, go to kill Tony. Yeah. Well, he's got an advantage over someone who hasn't done it at all. And there are people that start deep in their forties. I Me, mean, there's no age limit. No. You could be a great comic. You could start when you're fifty and become a great comic. You just have to be willing to put in that time. You have to have that energy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take some time. I mean, like, when do you think you guys started feeling comfortable in your own skin and, and on stage? Was that something that... A couple uh, weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I think I might have figured it out for an hour. <laughs> 
I think oh, like no, there's a time when she was all like, yeah, you know, I'm. I think ten years in. Yeah, I think ten years is the number. So you probably started right right when I was I was ten years in when you started. So you started in ninety eight. I, I started, started in eighty eight. Oh wow! So yeah. when you saw me, I was just just. Kind of I was a li- I could really do an hour. I yeah. could really go on the road, and I could do an hour. And I had a special then. I had my first uh, comedy set or uh, Warner Brothers CD that I put out, and uh, I felt like I could do comedy. You know, I felt like I wasn't a fraud anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, but I still didn't like if someone was going to come see me that I liked, I'd panic. Oh, you know, it's the worst. Yeah, find someone famous you'll, that you like, come see you. Oh no, stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go on stage with no pressure. You know, it takes fucking forever, man. It takes forever. So it's, a, it's one of the most brutal grinds in all of show business. You know, it is a brutal grind. And uh, you mentioned someone when someone's famous in the crowd. Even when you're in the crowd, though, when you were at the you were in the crowd, uh, and I know your laugh, I know your laugh, and you're laughing at other comedians. So when I'm on stage, I'm I'm listening for a Joe Rogan laugh. <laughs> yeah. I'm eight minutes in. I'm like, this guy's not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing at you the other night. No, I mean, but, 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 night. I, but I, I, I listen to certain things in the room, mm. and I think you. I mean, you don't do, you don't hear like you're trying to make somebody laugh. There's you, you some people like you hear Joey Diaz laugh. Yeah, I remember to this day one of them, like when I was like, whoa, I'm a fucking comedian. It's when Paul Mooney was laughing, like yeah. Paul Mooney. When I first started, fucking treated me like I was the plague. You know, some cute little white boy on some stupid sitcom trying to make it at the comedy store. I was a non-paid regular. I mean, I said, hello, hello, Mr. Moody. Walked right by me like I was on fire. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and then one night, I was I was doing a set, a late set, and there was like fucking 20 people in the audience. But uh, I used to do those sets like the place was packed, you know? I, didn't, I don't believe in throwing away a set. You mm. know, if, I, if I'm going to do a set... I try my best. And uh, I heard, ha, 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 which is Mooney's laugh. Oh, ha, ha. I forget what the bit was. I really wish I remember what the bit was. It was a controversial bit. I remember that. It was a fucked up bit. And I came off stage and Mooney fucking grabbed me by both shoulders and said, you're a real comic. You are a real comic. You did that set in front of those 20 people like there was a thousand motherfuckers in that room. You're a real comic. And I was like, wow. I remember how good that felt. Yeah, like hearing him laugh was like, wow. Paul Mooney thinks I'm funny. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear other comedians laugh at your stuff. That's oh, it's that's, giant. It's, it's like you could have 300 strangers laugh, but you hear one comedian laugh, you're like, I'm in the group. Yeah, yeah. Diaz was in the back of the comedy store the other night, fucking howling. When he's howling, <laughs> ah! <laughs> you hear that fucking bellowing laugh. And Diaz is always smacking oh, things, yeah. smacking people when he's laughing, <laughs> smacking tables. It's a lot of noise. Yeah, I saw your special, your sh- your Showtime special. Was it a Showtime special? Yeah, I was on uh, on the road. I forget where I was. I was flipping through the channels. I think I was in Vegas actually, and I was just you know after a show, bored, watching TV, and you your your special came on, and I hadn't seen you do a set because I hadn't been at the store in mm-hmm. like six or seven years. Was, you know, two thousand seven was when I quit. And um, this was, you know, maybe what, two years ago? When was your yeah, special? Yeah, yeah, about two and a half two years, years ago. Two thousand twelve. So three years. Fucking 
excellent. Thanks. It was really, really good. Thank you. Man. It was tight. It was funny. You were comfortable up there. And I was like, God damn, I haven't seen Sebastian in a long time. You're fucking killing it. Thank you. Yeah, and when you tweeted at me on the message, I was like, wow, that's that's nice. Because I always thought at the comedy store when, when you were there, I, I, I don't know, I... For some reason, I don't think you got what I was doing. I don't blame you with the nipples and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were always friendly. Oh, well, yeah. No, we were always friendly. I, I, but for whatever the reason, we weren't like, uh, we never like hanging out there. I was kind of in my own little world doing but my But you were kind of in your own little world with everybody, though. You kind of would go there and do your shit and then get out of yeah, there. Yeah, I was kind of, I never really hung out. I did, but I didn't. And there was like, you had that little um, cluster of people in the back there, uh-huh. which I never kind of got into that little circle. You could have got in I know, time. I was just one of these guys. <laughs> I've always been the guy kind of on the outskirts, even in school and whatever. I was always kind of the quiet kid that, you know. It's just, the shirts. It's the fucking the nipples shirts. shirts. It's the shirts. <laughs> people don't know what to make of you. <laughs> open nipple shirt on stage. Open nipple shirts. Yeah, no, I was always uh, kind of on the outskirts. So anyway, to, to fast forward, when you said that you really enjoyed what I was doing, I was like, wow, that's that's a nice compliment. Yeah, that, I sent that. Uh, that was a tweet I put out right like a few years ago. Like right after I saw it, I put that out. Yeah. But yeah, when I saw you at the comedy store the other night too, I was noticing. I was like, he's so comfortable on stage now. Like you're so you're so like uh, in your own. You you got your own rhythm, you know, which is like uh, one of the harder things for a comedian to find, like find your own rhythm. Like you could say the same stuff year after year after year and just not good. And then one day you figure out how to do it. You figure out how it gels in people's minds and then woof, that's it. Yeah, you're right. It's just it's it's a dance up there. The thing that you were doing about the kid, about the kid that you just really didn't like. (laughs) What I don't want to give away the bit. Was it uh, getting slapped in the back of the neck? The, the thing about that you you ran into a kid at a party and you're like, hey, I'm just not into this kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great. Yeah. It was like one of, it's one of those – it was like – I don't want to give it away. But it's one of those bits where it's dependent upon your rhythm and un- everyone understanding how you look at things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not real. It's a combination of things. I mean, you got people that are writing beautiful jokes and this and that and the other thing. I really admire those people. But the way I work is it's more of like a way you say something or the timing or a pause or a look. And it, it kind of all gels together for some reason. And uh, and that's what I noticed that people were kind of gravitating towards watching my act was all this kind of physical and all this kind of like kind of weird faces that, uh, you know, some other people might like is this funny that the guy's doing all these faces or whatnot but i don't know i've always been in a very expressive family so when we sat around the table which seemed to be kind of my first stage growing up in an italian household and everybody was kind of telling stories and we all kind of just it it was everybody was kind of funny and we never really got serious because if we got serious we would start to cry very emotional (laughs) family It was either we were laughing or we were crying. There was no in between. That's Italian. That's Italian. So uh, yeah, and and it took a while to kind of find that rhythm. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Everybody's got their own rhythm, and you you really you can't you can't predict it. Like I always use Mitch Hedberg as an example. Like if you if you ever saw Hedberg live, like Hedberg would say things that on paper were not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Like you would be howling. Like he had that bit about the double tree, like naming the double tree in. Like, how, how did they name that? You know, how about three trees? No, double tree. 
yes, meeting adjourned. <laughs> like, like, I'm not doing the bit justice, but like he had a bunch of bits like that. Like, would you like would you like a frozen banana? No, but I like a regular banana later. So yes, you know, like, <laughs> so so ridiculous, yeah, yeah. but. If you saw that on paper, you would go, that's not really funny. Yeah. But then you go see him live and you're dying. To this day, if I'm bored and I'm in my car, I have a, a, a playlist on my uh, my iPhone where I have some stand-up on it. And I'll go to that Hedberg CD to this day. you yeah. know, I've heard it all a hundred times. And it's squeaky clean, squeaky clean, and fucking killer. But this is like he found his style. He found his rhythm, you know? You got to find whatever it is, and every, no one can tell you. You know, you, that's why comedy classes are just kind of ridiculous. Joe, Joe I took a comedy class. Well, it's good to get you on stage. <laughs> Where at? Who, who taught it? I took a com. This is my uh, another introduction into Los Angeles. Never did comedy before, but once. So I go, how am I going to get in to the comedy store? I heard the comedy store was the place to be. So I looked through the whatever the trades sandy shore oh. who's mitzi shore's daughter oh. has a thing called sandy shore's sandbox comedy class so i'm thinking perfect i take her class if she likes me she tells the mother i'm in <laughs> so the first day sandy shore's like uh just so you know, I don't really get along with my mother. We're not really talking right now. And I'm like, yeah, that's $400 down the drain. <laughs> but uh, for me, I, I enjoyed the comedy class because it gave me an opportunity to go up once a week in front of a supportive environment. Say what you will about that. You know, I mean, the people out there support. Oh, that was good. You know, I'm not going out into the wolves. But for me, it was like a way to kind of just get my legs a little bit. So I took it for, for six months. And it kind of helped me get off the ground a little bit. Because I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. what to do. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to start. Really. You know, it's just no one can teach you how to do comedy. No, no. I don't you got to kind of so. figure out how to do yeah. it on your own. Like, I've seen comedy classes where they, you know, they give people bad advice, though. Where they're telling somebody, like, you know, the worst is like club owners like Jamie Masada told my friend Todd once you have to be generation X guy you're a generation X guy when you go on stage what you're gonna do is only talk about generation X my generation generation X we think this and you do that and and the kid was like fuck do I have to do this like if I don't do this this guy's not gonna let me get on stage <laughs> like the worst fucking possible advice you know like Who's going to make it with the Generation X guy fucking... How long is that going to last? <laughs> yeah. He you told know? Tony that he... He's like, Tony, you need to wear a, uh, a cowboy hat. You wear a cowboy <laughs> hat, you look like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> 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 fucking shitty advice. The guy owns a comedy club. Yeah. When you find out that he's the guy that introduced Michael Jackson to those kids he molested, oh, allegedly. God. Oh, yeah, because he used to he used to work with all those like dying kids. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he's the in between guy. Yeah, he's the fucking. This is Corey Feldman, tight ass oil. <laughs> I don't think he said that. <laughs> I don't think he introduced him to Corey Feldman either. <laughs> Corey Feldman wasn't dying of a disease, as far as I know. It's true. Mm. Um, but now you're you're fucking touring. You're doing the road. You're killing it everywhere. I see you everywhere. Everywhere I'm at, you, improvs, all that shit. You're doing great. Yeah, knock on wood. It's been good. It's been good. Kind of getting myself uh, involved with the clubs and, and. Did you start out at the store? 
You started out in LA? started out in Los Angeles, 1998. I did comedy at my college. I went to Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, and they had like a comedy contest where you auditioned in front of like the student council, and then I got to open up for the, the national headlining comedian. Whoa. So Who I was that? did that guy. Reese. Uh, what's his name? His last name was Reese. <clears throat> I forgot. He used to do this thing. With the, he used to go up on stage and go, Arr! I don't know. It, it was like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, like a like a growl. I don't know. He, that, that was his like moniker. So oh, okay. uh, he he was the guy. So I go on stage. This is in like you know like a college four hundred seater, where it's like a free show for the students, primarily a black crowd. I go on stage and I start to do my act, and I'm starting to hear Sandman. I didn't know what the hell Sandman was at the time, but I found out later at Showtime at the Apollo, that's what they call when they want the guy to come out with the hook, the Sandman. Oh, no. But I'm like, I'm I'm going through this going, is there, what is that? <laughs> is there another guy coming out? What is Sandman? So it was bad. It was a bad experience. <clears throat> but I knew, I, I just knew I had an ability to make people laugh. Maybe not yet on stage. It was primarily based on my family. If I was making my family laugh, particularly my mother, if she was laughing, I knew that I had some ability to to make people laugh. I was just kind of trying to find it on stage. It's a weird fucking journey, you know? It's a very weird journey. The journey of trying to figure out what it is and how to do it, which way to go, yeah. you know? And you can go the wrong way for a long time and then yeah. have to bring it back. You know, like there's guys that create characters, like Emo Phillips. You know, he, he had this character that he would do on stage, which is great until you're 60, yeah. you know, which he is now. He's like an old dude, and now he can't do that character anymore. Yeah. So you go to see Emo Phillips if, like, you were a fan of his in the 80s, and you're like, yeah, we're going to go see Emo. And you see him now, and you're like, um, what's going on? Like, he's just talking. Yeah. Like, he's not doing the character thing. Like, I'm surprised it still works on Dice because it, it doesn't seem like it should, but it does. Oh, I mean, it's universal. It, it still works. That will last forever. Yeah. That yeah. will last forever. You know why? Because he has become that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the guy. He's that guy. He's the guy. He does it. You know, if anybody saw him in the early days when he was Andrew Silverstein, the Dice character was one of the guys that he would do in his act. He had a bunch of characters. He would do John Travolta. He does an incredible John Travolta impression. Yeah. He would do all these things. He would sing. He would have all these different like pieces of his act, and then he would do the Dice Man. And the Dice Man was based, apparently, on the Nutty Professor with Jerry Lewis. Like, Jerry Lewis would become, he was like this Nutty Professor, and they would become this really fucking cool guy mm -hmm. who would smoke cigarettes, and the chicks all fawned over him. So he became like that guy. But now there's the blurred line between who he was, like Andrew Silverstein, and then the Dice Man. He's, that's gone. Yeah. He is the Dice Man now. You run into him at fucking Ralph's. He's got weightlifting gloves on. Oh, yeah. he's got, he's, he taught me how to get this fanny pack. I did not know. This is the Roots fanny pack. This is the one I sell on HigherPrimate.com. I found out about this from Dice. That's, he a, came that's, in, that's a Dice uh, that's recommendation? Right. That's right. He came in with it. He came in with sweatpants with this fucking beautiful, glorious fanny pack. And I go, where did you get that? He goes, that's nice, right? And I'm like, that's fucking gorgeous. Like, that's the greatest fanny pack I've ever seen. He goes, oh, it's the best. It's the best one. And he's like, show me all the features. Look, this one's got a little buckle. This has got a zipper. I'm like, whoa, it is the best. But he's that guy he's now. Like, it okay. really is who he is. He's like all the time, 24 hours. You call him up in the middle of the night. He's Dice Man. 
Yeah, like he became that guy. Yeah, we. Uh, I opened up for him for like two, three years. He really? Kind of, yeah, he picked me out of the the comedy store. He came up to me and uh, at first he goes, um, "You know what you should do?" I said, "What?" When you go on stage, put a sock <laughs> in your pants, and then you'll be like the comedian who's just got a big cock. <laughs> And this is like this is like my guy I looked up to, like, and he's telling me. And then I, I actually I went home that night, going, "Should I do that? <laughs> Should I be cat guy?" So, uh, anyway, we developed this kind of weird little friendship, and he asked me if I wanted to go do Las Vegas with him at the Stardust Hotel, and I'm like. I call my parents. I go, I'm opening up for Dice Clay at the Stardust. My mom was like, you made it. You made it. Wow. So they all came out to see, and I hung out with them on the road. And uh, the first time we played Vegas, I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. Wayne Newton Theater. I wonder what we're going to do. You know, I'm excited. And we'll go, probably go out and dinner and we'll go out to a club, hang by the pool, probably got a cabana. And he goes, uh, we're going, uh, we're going uh, furniture shopping today. I go, what? <laughs> in Las Vegas. So we went furniture shopping because he had a house out there and he was furnishing his house. So we would go to furniture stores and he would tell me, sit on the couch. That's it. What do you think? I go, it's eight grand, guy. It's better than anything I got at, at my house. It's fantastic. And we would go to, I mean, this was a process. We were laying on carpets to see if the carpet was comfortable. And uh, I'm like, uh, okay, I guess this is what you <laughs> you do. This is my first time on the road, and we're sh furniture shopping. I go, let's go out and like, maybe the casino, maybe go for dinner. He's like, you kidding me? It's like the Beatles. If I go out there, it's like the Beatles. It's like mania. People are going to lose their mind. I go, Look, let's try it. And sure enough, we went to the casino. He had his the glasses. He had like some big glitter ball on his uh, back of his jacket, the gloves. <laughs> and we went through the Venetian. <laughs> and it was like, it was fantastic. I was like, oh, wow, this is what he's talking about. So oh, Swarm him, right? Swarm him. I oh, mean, he's got, he's got like a like a loyal fan base. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I went to see him, me and Jimmy Norton and Brian and uh, who else? Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony and Bobby Kelly. And uh, we all went to uh, Anthony and um, and Jimmy Norton were in town for the fights, and I had the night off. We had the night off, so we found out Dice was in town. So we're like, "Fuck, let's go see Dice. Let's go see Dice at the Riviera." So like, which is classic old Vegas. You know, yeah. that was the first place I ever worked in Vegas. So we went there. We went to the uh, you know they have the upper uh, showroom, like the bigger showroom where they have they used to have that the drag queen show. You know, the, Frank Marino used to do the drag queen show, yeah, the yeah. famous drag queen show. So we went up there. We had a fucking great time. We it's had great. a great time. It was really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. It was fun to sit there in the audience and just howl, just howl laughing. And his set was great. Yeah. It was really funny. We had a good time. And then he was like all happy to see us. We went backstage. We're hanging out with him. That was cool. It was really cool. His yeah. son does drums. His son plays oh, drums. Oh, yeah. They got a great Phoenix. band. I went to go see their band about four months ago here in the Valley. And uh, great band. And he taught me a lot. I mean, he was. we'd have like long discussions at night because he didn't really sleep. And we'd say, come, come by. Let's talk. And we He talk. didn't sleep? Well, you know, he was up a lot. You know, right. I, I don't know. For, for a comedian, I go to bed early. 
And he was up. You know? What time you go to bed? Um, I don't know, eleven thirty. You don't 12. have kids, right? No, not yet, not yet. Newly married. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. The fuck is that? About? That's it. That's it. I'll go to bed. I don't get anything. What time you? I don't think I don't get anything done until my kids are asleep. Like I, I, I try. Like either I, I can only write when they're at school or when they're asleep. That's the only time I can get things done. Because otherwise, it's like, Daddy, come do this. Daddy, I want to do that. Daddy, come do this. What do you think of this? What do you th-? It's like, so I don't even try. It, like during the day when I'm with them, it's just playtime with the kids or hanging out or do, we do art together. We do a lot of drawing together. But at nighttime, that's when I get my shit done. Oh, so okay. from so 9 right. p.m. on, that's if I'm not if I don't have a set from 9 p.m. on, I'm writing. That's when I do my writing. That's when I do I watch documentaries. You know all that shit. Yeah, I get it all done at night. So. Oftentimes, I don't go to bed until 3, 4 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know you're late. It's pretty normal for me. Yeah, yeah. 4 or 5. Yeah. 4 or 5? Well, he's, that, yeah. he's like comedy store till 2, and then meth, and meth then hookers, Tinder, and then grinder. <laughs> when Tinder doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all over to meth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Dice would be up like, oh, super yeah, late. come on. And, you know, he's, he's telling me, you know, you can't look at other people's career. You got your own path. It's good advice. You know, you can't be upset if somebody else gets something. You know, it just, just really taught me kind of how to. He's the only thing you have control of uh, is, is how you uh, perform and write. Anything else is, is up in the That's air. very good advice so. because that is a lot of wasted energy oh, yeah. that a lot of comedians have, worrying mm-hmm. about other people's sets and worrying about other people's careers. Like, why is that guy getting this? Yeah. Or why is she Why is she on this fucking show? How come he got a thing or this and that? Nothing to do with it. We've all seen that, yeah. though. Those guys that get poisoned by other people's success, mm-hmm. those guys, they always wind up failing, too. Like, it falls apart. Like, that's... Like jealousy is a poison that only it does the opposite of what you want it to do. Instead of like when you when you're jealous about somebody else's career, it doesn't do anything bad to them, but Mm -hmm. it does something bad to you. Like it 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 poisons you. Yeah, it's weird. Like people that say fuck that guy, he's got this fucking TV show. He's not even fucking funny. You know, I remember when he first started, and I was fucking middling, and he was an open micer. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He's on TV now, and you're here. Here's here's you. Yeah. You when that when the guy says, "Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike Clusterfuck," and you go on stage, that's your time, dude. That's yeah. it. All that shit in between, like you, you don't don't do that. It's not good. It's a waste. It's not good. So Dice gave me some good advice too. Dice is the reason why I started going on the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was doing just the store. I would just do the store, and then somewhere in the '90s when I was on news radio, Dice goes, "You're a funny guy. You should do the road." And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, you should do the road. Why don't you do the road?" And I go, "I don't know. I mean, I'm always working here." He goes, "Yeah, but you know what?" He goes, "You got TV shows." He goes, "You're on TV." He goes, "But what if that goes away?" He goes, "You don't want to fucking need those guys." He goes, "You you could do great. You could have a great career on the road." And I remember thinking, like, he's fucking right. Like, what if TV shows go away? Yeah. Like, what if, you know, news radio gets canceled and then I can't get another show and then I'm fucked? Like, I should go do the road. And I started doing the road because of Dice. 100%. 100% his advice. Now, did you fall into news radio on, like, a... uh, Did you go audition for that part and get it? Yeah. yeah? I auditioned for it, yeah. That was totally... uh, You were just doing the audition game. You booked the show and then... well, I had a show before races. that. It was a show that got canceled. It was called Hardball. That was on in 94, um, 93 or 94, and it didn't last. It only went like six episodes. I came out for that. But when it when I was an idiot, you know, I was 25 or something, whatever the fuck I was, 26, and I thought, oh, this is definitely going to go. I'm going to get an apartment. So I leased an apartment, and then I'm stuck here. Once the show got canceled after six episodes, I was like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck here. 
and I didn't know what to do, and I was trying to figure it out, and uh, I said, well, I guess I'll just stay for a while. Yeah. I hate. I was ready to go back to New York. I hated it out here. I hated working with actors. Like, I couldn't believe how pretentious they were and ridiculous and pampered. Like, working with actors was fucking mind-boggling to me, because yeah. I was used to comics, yeah. who, you know, especially, like, East Coast comics constantly busting each other's balls always joking around and there was like a camaraderie with comics like we would go on the road together like co comics would give each other taglines we'd always say hey that was a great set you know this and that and blah 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 and you know you would there was like a feeling of like belonging yeah and then all of a sudden i was out here with these actresses I was like oh god i can't even i can't even talk to these fucking people they were all backstabby and they were like they were they would fuck with you before you're seen and say creepy shit to you and there was like there was so much weirdness there was just so much weirdness and fakeness they would say things that you know they didn't really mean they would love to say like they meet people they had this fake way of talking like oh nice to see you like it was like there's like this fucking yeah, they would yeah. pretend to be this person who's like super professional so that they could get hired and do something else meanwhile they were a, a boiling cauldron of crazy under the surface <laughs> just trying to keep it together until they fucking got into their car and just scream all the way home <laughs> and then pop pills or do whatever the fuck they did so i um I got another development deal I did, from the hardball show. I got a development deal with NBC, and I was supposed to do my own show. And then uh, they uh, brought me in. They said, we would like to talk to you about something. We got this other show that uh, we're going to um, cast. We're, we're um, replacing one of the characters. The original character was Ray Romano. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ray Romano was originally in the pilot, <clears throat> and then he got fired from the pilot. And they brought in a new guy. Um, to play the Ray Romano character in the pilot, and then they got rid of that guy. And so I, did, I felt better because I didn't replace Ray. I replaced the guy who replaced Ray. And then um, they had auditions, and I came in and I auditioned for it. it was, wow. Yeah. It's amazing how stuff happens. Stupid dumb luck. Yeah. Just dumb luck. I remember being at the audition. The first one was a cattle call. It was like fucking 100 dudes. And I was like, what are the odds of getting this? Jesus Christ, look at all these fucking people. Mm. I did the audition, and it was not funny at all. But they did it on purpose. They literally wrote a script that wasn't funny because they wanted to make sure people weren't like fucking hamming it up. <laughs> you know, they wanted to make sure that people didn't try super hard to make something funny. So uh, then I got a callback and I was like, really? I was like, okay. So I went in for the callback and this time the script was hilarious. And I was like, oh, I see what they did. They weeded out all the hams. Mm. They weeded out all the, the hook. And I went to the script. And it was me and two or three other guys that looked like they were about to go to Nam. They were pale and sweaty and nervous and going over their lines. And I remember looking at these guys. I'm like, oh, I got this. <laughs> so I, I plopped down on the couch while these guys were going over the lines. I put my fucking feet up. I put my hands oh, behind yeah. my head. And I was like, look at you fucking pussies. You guys are scared. <laughs> and because these guys were scared, I knew these were the only guys that were auditioning. Uh, I was super confident. So I went in there like super relaxed. And I uh, nailed it. And then I got it. But it was just looking at those guys. Looking at people that are scared can give you a lot of confidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and especially if you hear it from the uh, the waiting room. If mm. you hear somebody else's audition, you're like, "That ain't even funny." The guys, ain't even funny in there. Yeah, it was. They were. They were like, they were just calm. They were. They were actors rather. They weren't mm -hmm. comics. They didn't know how to. And the, the writing was really good. Mm. So I went from this show that was like the worst case show. It was a terrible show. The Harbaugh show. It just wasn't good. 
they brought in this like really bad guy who was like an executive producer of Coach. Remember that show, Coach? Mm-hmm. And he was like hamming it up. Everything was just gross, shitty writing, real hacky premises, just garbage show. And then from that to working with Phil Hartman and Dave Foley and Stephen Root, I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Maura Tierney and Candy Alexander and Vicky Lewis. I was like, this is nuts. Just sitting at the fucking table with Phil Hartman, like reading with Phil Hartman. Like I'd only been doing stand-up for f- five years. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm sitting next to Phil Hartman at this, this table. It's crazy. Reading for the sitcom. I'm like, this is madness. This doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's dumb luck. Wow. But you know what? All that stuff was cool, but what was bigger to me was becoming a paid regular at the comedy store. Yeah. That was the biggest thing to me. It was like having a sitcom, that's all well and good. But I, when I became a paid regular at the store, I was like, holy shit. I remember going back to my apartment. I had an apartment at the Oakwoods. You know, those uh, those little uh, shitty pre, yeah. pre, uh, pre-fucking-furnished p- apartments. I used to go back to that shithole every night after I was a non-paid regular. These depressing, Bur- farted-in couches. In Burbank? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that uh, off Olive? Yeah. Yeah, that's you where know, I used to live. Corey Haim died there. No. Yeah. At the, at the Oakwoods? Oakwoods. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Doing cool. drugs? Yeah. Wow. Well, all right. Well, I got there first. <laughs> 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 I got there before he died. Yeah. But uh, once I became a paid regular at the store, that was everything to me. That was... Uh, you know, I was in. I was like, you know, you have like these little milestones. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like getting a, a record with Warner Brothers, that was a milestone. You know, you're like, you have these little things where you're like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. I am yeah. actually doing this. Because for a while, you feel like a fraud. You know, for the first few years of your career, you're out there, do- you you know, you just feel like a fraud. And people want you to feel like a fraud, too. Other comics want you to feel like a fraud. Like, there's a lot of, it's a lot of fucking crabs in a bucket going on. Yeah. business especially early a lot of you know you have crabs in a bucket they just try to pull the other crabs down as they try to get out yeah that's why i kind of i just stayed a, I, I had a job working at the four seasons hotel while i was doing the stand-up so i had kind of like a separate group of friends at my at job i didn't really hang out with a lot of comedians at night just because i was so involved at this four seasons during the day and i was i was hanging out with them after work and four I seasons out here yeah which, yeah. Where's that at? At Dundohini and uh, oh, okay. Burton Way. What'd you do over there? I was in the Windows Lounge. I was a uh, cocktail waitress, basically. Oh. I, I worked with about 10 girls and Ooh, me and another nice. guy. Bounch, bounch, bounch. Did you put the sock in? Of course. Hey. So I got the job. Oh, <laughs> this fucking guy. Oh. Yeah. So how long did you do that for? Seven and a half years. I Whoa. Went, yeah, I started in 98, and then I left in 2005. Wow. But yeah, I mean, that supplemented my income. That's was I wasn't the, the road guy. I didn't really do a lot of feature work. I just kind of honed it in here in Los Angeles and and worked at the Four Seasons in the meantime, just kind of hoping uh, something would break just doing the comedy store and just local local sets. So oh, that's I, awesome. So where else did you besides the store? Uh, well, I went to I went to the Laugh Factory, and Masada asked me, what, "Why, why, why are you angry? Why are you so angry?" <laughs> I go, "What? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. The, Sam Kinison angry for a reason, but you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> why was Sam Kinison angry for a reason? Yeah, I don't know. He said he he had a reason to his anger, and my anger was displaced. So well, therefore, you were mad at Ross, dressed for love. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that bit. <laughs> you get fucking so angry at the messy. Was, that was my first introduction to L.A. I went to Ross Dress for Less with my father to buy like bedding. He came out here to visit. He goes, oh, let's go to Ross. Take you, get some pillows. And we walked in. We're like, what the, f- what's going on here? That thing's on the floor. <laughs> so, uh. It was a good yeah. bit because it is true. Anybody's yeah. ever been there. But it was the, the bit they used to do, the way you would do it. Like, the people just take things and just start hey, fucking just throwing them. Just chuck it across the room. So we're coming from the northwest suburbs of Chicago, you know, very neatly put together stores. And now I went to the Ross on 3rd and uh, forget it. I mean, it was just it's like a hodgepodge of stuff over there. There's like a bra mixed in with like uh, games. So it was like that's where that anger came from of like, God, I feel like a fish out of water. That's the whole thing. When I first came to L.A., I didn't feel like I fit in. I feel like I was... You know, I was the guy wearing the Cavaricis going to a nightclub <laughs> at 17 years old. So I think the key is that everybody feels the, they don't fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody does in the beginning. You can pretend, but you never fit. I mean, I feel like I fit in now. But, oh, yeah. You know. It's a long time. Yeah, it takes you know? a while. But in the beginning, I think everybody feels like they don't fit in. I think one of the great things is what you're doing, the uh, um, Kill Tony. The, that gives people an introduction to stand up and an introduction to like you know like you're in the big leagues like real real quick like you're on a podcast that gets seen by or listened to by hundreds of thousands of people and you're there with Dom Herrera judging you and Tony Hinchcliffe and Sarah Silverman and all these different people that are really funny comedians are up like watching you do stand up putting you in these like super high pressure situations you're doing one minute in front of a microphone and then you kind of get to say hi to those people they become they seem like normal i wish i had it when i was a kid you know, or oh. when i started off because i you know you that's so good for them because they can have it on tape they can go over it they can have like professional comedians like dissect what they're doing wrong uh, instead of just like doing it in front of two other comics that didn't even pay attention and you just go home and go oh i think i did okay uh. yeah those are open <laughs> mic nights where you're doing it you're doing your act to a bunch of people who've seen your act and they're comics. Yeah. You're like 10 people in the audience are all comics. Uh, Those are brutal. Yeah, it's half almost the, like half the shows are that, you know, yep. when you're an open mic. I, I, I mean, when I started, it was Chris D'Elia, Dean Del Rey, me, and would go to the same four different open mics every day. And it was just like, oh, you're, my audience last, you know, hour, you know, it's the same audience over and over. It's just an audience of five other comics that yeah. went from one open mic to another. Yeah, that's where some comics, they fall into that trap of doing stand-up for the back of the room. Mm. They do, like, really obscure shit that only the comics think is funny. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it's, it's kind of practice in a way. You know, it gives you a way to figure out a way to make something funny out of this moment. But it's not a real crowd. You know, right. it's just you're, you're kind of, like, fucking around. It's easy to fall into that and never get out of that, too, for a while. I just had to make myself stop. Like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to Ha Ha Cafe anymore and spending $5 to go to five minutes. And I'm like, they, they charge you? Yeah, a lot of places charge you. Uh, ha Ha used to be $5, but you got a beer and uh, you got to do five minutes. And now it's you don't get a beer. You just have <laughs> <laughs> to do $5, I guess. Well, those clubs are barely hanging on, you know? I mean, even the Ice House, which is like one of the best clubs in the world, they're kind of barely hanging on, you know? Yeah. 
What do you got two phones over there for, you fuck? I got the new Samsung Note 5, Joe. Ooh, how is it? By the way, one of the first phones that I've ever had that almost, I'm almost done with the iPhone after this phone. Really? It's got one of the most amazing cameras. It's got all these really cool things. Look at this. Like, if you're you're out and you're just like, oh, I need to write a note, you just take the pen out and you can be like, oh, you can just write it right here. On the screen. On the screen. (gasps) And then you could just be like, hey, yeah. you know, I got to remember to eat this oh dick. Oh, my God. And, and just... <laughs> <laughs> That's always a problem. Yeah. Got to remember to eat that dick. It's, it's wow. crazy good. I highly recommend this. And, really? And it's got uh, a, a feature in the camera where you can just broadcast right to YouTube. So kind of like Periscope, uh, you could just be like, boom, I'm broadcasting now on YouTube. What? Yeah. It's built into the camera? Yeah. They've taken, they've noticed how popular Periscope's been in, in live uh apps like that so they've decided just to build it right into the operating system so now you can just broadcast live from it why is it better than the edge uh way better than the edge this this is i love this phone. what's better what's better about it the problem i had with the edge is that the, the while the edge was neat to look at the the corners where it's wrapped around the side uh, i was constantly hitting buttons it also had a really sharp edge to it you know the feel mm-hmm. of it which uh this doesn't this is more like an, an iphone so it's it's nice and soft let me on check the that side. let me feel it yeah yeah, you can't beat the uh, camera on the Samsung. It yeah, seems uh, smaller than an iPhone, too. It is smaller than an iPhone. It's thinner than an iPhone. Ooh, it's a good size for your hand. For, my hands are pretty big, yeah. but I could get, I can get this. I could do like a one-handed text with this. Easy. Yeah, it's great. Wow, dude, this is it, pretty it also, slick. It also has the ability to edit uh, PDFs. So if somebody sends you a PDF and is like, hey, I need you to print this out and sign it, now mm-hmm. you can just edit it right on the fly and send it back. Yeah, which really? is cool. Uh, the, the, I'm just amazed by the camera uh, the most, though. It was the first time that Samsung or any Galaxy phone uh, actually had a camera that's, I think, better than the iPhone camera. Oh, yeah. And the- what are you using for your, um, um, for your, uh, uh, op- for your provider? Uh, T-Mobile. And you like that? I love T-Mobile. I'm on a family plan. Both of these phones, uh, I have unlimited data. Uh, I think it's like $99 a month for both phones, unlimited data. I'm looking through your Instagram. It's hilarious who you follow. Brian follows all <laughs> girls that are sticking their asses out. <laughs> it's just a, a slew of girls sticking their asses out. It's one after the other. All these different skanks. I say stanks. Skanks, what all due respect. What all due respect. A bunch of whores. A bunch of whores. Wow, you got a lot of hot girls you're following, my friend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you single? Uh, no, not anymore. Oh, okay. Got himself a girl. Well, he's not married. Yeah, I'm not married, so though. That's the way to go. <laughs> Even if you're not single, you're not married. That's the thing about this fucking this lady that's not marrying these gay people. Uh-huh. She's doing them a favor. Like, don't do it. What are you doing? You got, a, got it made, you fucks. You got it made. You, you, it's, it's Right now, it's illegal. Well, now, now it is illegal. But for the longest time, yeah. it was illegal. And these guys had to go in there and fuck it up. I can understand lesbians want to get married. It's every girl's dream. But come on. These guys that are fighting for it, like, it's too hard. Just say you can't do it. Like, wow, it's like a marathon. I can't do it. I can't run it. Just say it. Say yeah. it. You don't have to do it. Just do it root style. Lay a broom on the ground. Jump over it like, like Kizzy and uh, Kunta Kinte did. 
Joe, another cool thing about it, say like if say, say like there's an interview of you and you're like, you know what, I want to save this interview. It's on a website right now or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, you used, circle it. Yeah, it used to be no, take a screenshot or something. Right. They have this new thing called screen capture where what 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 you do is screen write, and so what it does is it takes a picture of it, then you can go advance it, so it will scroll down automatically. Take a picture. Take a picture. Take a picture. So we'll go through the whole entire website, Ooh. and now it just made it a huge JPEG. So you could have like a whole JPEG saved to your gallery. So it saves Whoa. websites, and then you could like write on it and send it to people if you wanted to. Is that how the fat Jewish steals all of his stuff? Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that's right. Well, as soon as you took the pen out, it kind of lost me because uh, it, it just seems like uh, annoying. Well, it's a lot going on, man. There's a lot Isn't going it? on. I mean, yeah. I'm not that tech you savvy. You, you, you're you're doing out. pens. Well, and honestly, I never it, even. I always forget that there is a pen. I always you, like. You, you, I never, you never take use it out. the pen. No, and the new one just clicks in there, so mm-hmm. you don't. You don't. It just snaps in. So it's like. Isn't there one that's waterproof though? Now they have a sport. Uh, they have the Samsung S6 Edge Sport or something like that, which is just a built a little bit more tough and it's waterproof again. Uh, I asked about that, and he says, yeah, it's just a r- more rugged phone, but uh, this is a little bit... How's the battery life on that thing? Great, and it's got really? the new fast charger. I have uh, a charging pad now where I just go home and just set it on this table and then pick it up. I so I don't have to plug it in anymore. It's... Now, is, do you have to put a special case on it to use that fast charge thing? Or is no, it, no, these the new Samsungs are built into the phone, and oh. you don't have to take off the ca- a normal case. So if you have a case on it, you don't have to take it off. It just goes through it, so you just sit Brian, it down on the table. Are you a, are you I, a convert? I'm here? just um, amazed at... <laughs> the knowledge of like when i listen to the sales guy tell me the options i'm not even there i'm just mm-hmm. like give me the phone let me get out of here mm-hmm. you actually retain the information yeah so i love this shit I'm well he goes online and he actually makes videos with these for the longest time before amazon fucked him <laughs> yeah. he, he used to have this great thing he was doing where he would buy something like buy a camera and then he would review it and then put up a link uh, from his Amazon, so like if somebody bought it, he would get like a, cut, a kickback. Oh wow! So I'd get free stuff pretty much because I would just do such good reviews on these cameras that so many people would click on it. It would pay for the camera, so it was a way for me to get stuff that like cameras and stuff I couldn't afford. Wow. And how come they don't? Why, why isn't that happening anymore? What happened there? I don't know. They uh, they said that. Somebody reported me as saying that I had porn on my website, and so they go, "Oh, well, we can't have porn on the website." And then so they just took all like they, I was making like I think up to like seven thousand dollars a month in just that Amazon stuff. And they but just you didn't really have porn on your website, did you? No, it's just because it was Death Squad, and like there was like an episode that had a girl on it that was a porn star, and so they probably just went there. <laughs> That's and was all like, you need. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. You were making, like, bank off of that shit. Yeah. You ever try to get back in? I need to. <laughs> Come on, Amazon. <laughs> come on, Amazon. Look yeah. it up. Look it up, you fucks. Now, didn't a- Apple come out with a bunch of new shit today? Apple came out with a uh, 12-inch iPad, which so it's called an iPad Pro, which is uh, it's just like a laptop, like a 12-inch laptop without a keyboard. Uh, they also came with the iPhone uh, 6S, which has a better front-facing camera now. It's got a better processor. It's got the touch, 3D touch. What's that called? Uh, or reacts it, when you touch it. You yeah, feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. Um, they also released a uh, new Apple TV, which is the thing that I am the most interested in because it is now it plays games, it does apps, and it's the first one to actually, in the future, you're going to have a Joe Rogan app finally. So when you're opening up your TV, you're like, oh, CNN, oh, Netflix, oh, Joe Rogan. So it's going to be like that. So it's, huh. so it's going to, it's the first step into completely destroying the cable industry, I think. 
Wow. Well, I use Apple TV a lot now. All the I time. fucking That's love it. Use. It's got Netflix on it. It has HBO Go on it. You can get to those things. And with shows like Narco or whatever, mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't need yeah. anything on regular TV anymore. That alone is I just, heard that Narco show is great. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's, it's, it's like good fellas. Is it? It's so great. I just started. It? Just I'm halfway in, and uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I mean, anything with drugs, voiceover, yeah. guy with a mustache. <laughs> Jamie, see if you could find that article that was on Dig yesterday. It was the uh, narco traffickers on Instagram. All the shit. They, they, there's a bunch of these Mexican narco guys have Instagram pages. Holy shit! Just like they don't give a fuck. They're just showing all the stuff they have. They're showing gold-plated guns. Girls' asses. It's just fucking them shooting guns, stacks of money, pet tiger, like the whole deal. Like these guys are living like a goddamn Scarface movie. They all have Scarface pictures. Like here's oh, this one guy. Jesus. Yeah, that guy's a good guy. Go to that guy's page if you click on that little Instagram thing. Go to his page. He's got. Uh, I mean, look at uh, it's all yeah. booties, cars, yeah. gold. Look at that gold-plated pistol with a BMW. Wow. Yeah, you scroll down, you'll see more asses. More cars. Jesus. Look at that girl's ass. Jesus, what an ass. Wow. Fake as fuck. That's fake as Nancy Reagan's orgasms. Look at that ass. Oh, what the fuck? Look at that Nancy thing. Reagan Adam Look at that way. ass. That can't be real, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, Congratulations you know, if it is real. Well, she's got thick legs. She might be doing squats. A lot of, a lot of booty shots. Yeah, a lot of... Look, he's got a pet leopard over there. Did you see that le- the pet leopard? God, look at that gun. Go back to the Instagram. What are you doing? See the pet leopard? Look at that. Oh, Pet yeah. jaguar, leopard, whatever the fuck it is. Wow. This crazy bitch. It's nuts. Oh! Wow. Yeah, that's... Why do you want to eat? It's fucking... <laughs> but these guys are nuts, man. They just live in this crazy life. Just showing all the cool stuff that they have. Look, he's got a pet leopard on his bed. What the fuck, wow. man? Dope AF. Dope as this fuck. This is all drug money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at Scarface. You got to have a Scarface picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's all drug money. I mean, there's a bunch of them. There's quite a few. There's got a pet tiger down there, a pet lion. There's quite a few of these guys on Instagram that just only have, uh, look at this guy. This wow. fucking gold-plated AK-47. Jeez. Yeah, this guy's crazy. He's got 21,000 followers. Yep. <laughs> a lot of it's from Instagram. Look at that guy. I mean, a lot of it's from uh, the dig story. Look at that girl with the tits pointing the gun at him. Wow. Look at that up there. Titties. Titties and guns. That's what's <laughs> Titties up. and guns and drugs. That's what's up. Only 614 likes. How rude. <laughs> that deserves a lot more likes. Yeah. yeah. That is a great picture. And they managed to do it with no nipples. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. That's some big titties. <laughs> Those are juicy titties. And when, oh, man. My worst nightmare. Ha ha. Yeah, there's a bunch of of her and of guns and all kinds of crazy shit but these guys are out of their fucking mind i mean this is the life they're living they're living this nutty narco life the amount of drug money that's in mexico right now is just fucking insane they're making billions look at that girl's ass right, down no, there look at that guy bottom look at that bottom look left. at that girl's ass jesus jesus what, what is that oh, it's a camo what a fucking ass that can't be real no that's a that's a fake one that's a fake ass but whatever. There's a lot of that lately. Yeah. I was okay. in Vegas last week. I saw a lot of fake asses. Mm-hmm. Girls are getting carried away. That's the new thing, man. You know, like they had like giant tits in the 90s were like really popular. Girls would just get tits that are way too big. That's what they're doing now with their asses. Like they don't match your legs at all. You have the legs of a lazy girl and the ass of a fucking major league pole <laughs> vaulter. <laughs> like some girl who can jump over the moon. 
bags of weed. Look at that shitty weed. Let me see this weed. See, ladies and gentlemen, if weed was legal, this guy would not be making this kind of money. <laughs> Simple. But it's true. It doesn't look that good. It's true. This is what happened to... Uh, you could tell good weed from just the bags? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's shit weed. Yeah, I see it looks like leaves <clears throat> and stems. Well, it's just, it's just not American Californian weed. All right? We do it the best out here. We have botanists. All right? They're growing that. As avocado growers are making that shit. But these, uh, these dudes, there's a, like, a ton of these pages. They're fun to watch. There's a guy who makes a holster. You see the cup holder? There's a cup holder holster. He, he pulls your cup holder off, and it fits right in place, and then it's a it's like an actual click-in holster. For the gun? Yeah, for your wow. pistol. Look at that. Titties. Titties and guns. This guy's got a gun pointing at his dick. You might want to unload that. <clears throat> it's interesting, this culture that has kind of come out of nowhere. This is When I was a kid... I mean, shit, man. Fucking 15 years ago, you used to be able to go to Cancun. You go to Mexico. Nobody thought about, like, gang violence from drug dealers in Mexico. You didn't think about it at all. Well, was this going on at this level? Or is it now just the Internet is, is giving us a window into what was always kind of there? No, the world of drug dealers in Mexico has changed radically over the last couple of decades. Radically. That's pretty established. I mean, they definitely always had something going on down there. There was always something. But guys like El Chapo... Like that crazy fucker that got out of jail by by digging a tunnel that's a mile long with an electric scooter. They never inside found of it. him, right? They no. still They're not gonna find that guy. Yeah, that's he's great. figured out how to get away now. <laughs> <laughs> he paid he paid millions of dollars to have that fucking tunnel made. You're not gonna find him. Beautiful Sorry. tunnel too. I mean, the, the, just it had had everything. I think it had yeah. air conditioning down there. With yeah, lights. It's, it's beautiful. It had lights, ventilation. Figured out uh, how to put that that electric bike so it just zip out of there quick so once he got in there he was gone you know and they're waiting for him a mile away in the house tell me they didn't know that that was going on how many people knew that that was going on how many times did they hear digging and they just kept their fucking mouth shut well i mean it was somebody else's house that he popped out of Mm -hmm. yeah took a a year to dig that tunnel too i mean it's hilarious the guy just goes into the hole in the ground where the shitter is he's got a little tiny wall like this high, so that you can't see him taking a shit, so that you couldn't see the hole being dug either. And then whoop, goes right in, and that's it. All she wrote is gone. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the whole world exists because of illegal drugs. If drugs were legal in this country, there wouldn't be this gigantic demand and this ability to make insane amounts of money from these cartels. It just you it's make, all. But you make drugs legal in the United States, right? Does it? Uh, does the usage spike? Or no. no, not according to other countries. Not according to Portugal. Portugal decriminalized everything, and they saw a giant drop in HIV infection, giant drop in violent crime, giant drop in addiction. It's all you can't tell people what to do. When a, 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 if we were this room, like this is my example. If this room was the whole world, or the, the guys in this room, and uh, we were all hanging around, and, and Brian wanted to smoke weed, and we we're like, "Hey, man, we got fucking laws. You can't smoke weed. We're gonna lock you in jail." That's cr- well, that would be crazy, right? Who who would we be to tell you what you can't do? That's the same thing with the world. The, the, we're all just adults. It's one thing whether or not it should be legal for children. I don't think anything that fucks with your mind should be legal for kids. You know, nothing. Even fucking energy drinks. Like monster energy drinks, red lines, all those crazy things. You shouldn't have, with your 14 years old, you shouldn't give that to a kid. They'll drink it and get a goddamn heart attack. You shouldn't be able to fuck with their mind. They shouldn't be able to smoke cigarettes. They shouldn't be able to drink alcohol. All that stuff should be illegal for growing minds because it's dangerous. But once you become an adult, 
you are you, you're as sovereign as I am. I should be able to decide what goes in my body, what I do with my body, as long as it's not hurting you. Anybody that tells you differently, they're suppressing your freedom. That's it's that simple. Do I think you should do heroin? No. Do I think you should smoke meth? No. But if you want to do it, what the fuck am I to tell you not to do it? It's none of my business. It's none of anybody. It's not my business to tell you to not chew tobacco either. I think chewing tobacco is fucking terrible for you. I think smoking is terrible. All these things are, there's a lot of things that are terrible for you. Pills, popping pills are terrible for you. Eating shitty food is terrible for you. I'm watching this documentary on sugar right now, and it's blowing me away. It's blowing me away of how much processed sugar is in just what, they, what people think is health foods, health drinks, you know, and how much processed sugar is in, in pe- people's diets. There's a lot of things that are bad for you, but it's up to you to decide what to do and what not to do. I think the problem is when companies lie about what things are good for you or not good for you, like what the tobacco company did for the longest, com- the longest time, those tobacco companies lied about nicotine being addictive, cigarettes being addictive. They just lied in, in order to keep making money. That's bad. You know, that's bad. But once it's all out on the table... Who gives a fuck? If you want to smoke cigarettes, who am I? Unless you're my friend, you know, I'll try to talk you out of it if you're my friend. But if you're an adult, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I think it should be that with everything. Everything. Everything across the board. When it comes to uh, drugs or, I mean, what, yeah. what, where does the laws come in? Though? I think you, prostitution, same thing. I think drugs and prostitution are the two stupidest fucking things to make illegal, especially prostitution, because it's legal <coughs> to be promiscuous. It's legal for a girl to just have sex with as many guys as she wants. A girl could go to the Mondrian tonight and just suck 50 dicks and no one could say a goddamn thing about it. She can come downstairs. Who's next? Who's next? Who wants to do this? But as soon as she starts getting paid for that, then it's illegal. Yeah. That's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it's dumb. Willie D from the Ghetto Boy said it best. You got to let a hoe be a hoe. He said that shit in the early 90s. Just test them, have them test like porn stars, like once a month or once every 15 days, get a sex sex test. They have sure. to use condoms. I mean, if you can trade a, you know, a taco for sex, you should be able to trade $100 for sex. Exactly. You know? It's just stupid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You take a girl out to dinner and she fucks you. I mean, a girl that normally wouldn't fuck you. What is that? Is that prostitution? It kind of is. Yeah. You buy her a nice gifts and she blows you. What is that? Is that prostitution? Would she have blown you with, without that nice watch you bought her? Probably not. I know a lot of models that get paid to, like, 20, they'll get 20 models, take them, send them to a party, and, uh, you know, they're just there to, to make the party look hot, you know, right. and pretty. But if they sleep with one some, somebody at the party, that's the same thing as, like, you know, being a prostitute. They got paid to, you know, be at this party. Yeah, and, but it's their choice. Yeah. They're not exchanging money directly for, for sex. Right. And if they are, then it becomes illegal. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. It's just sex. Sex is great. You should be able to buy it. You should be able to buy it just like you can buy a massage. How come you can buy a haircut? You can't buy a blowjob. doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It makes, it's a service. It is. I mean, it shouldn't always be a service. Like, if you love someone, you want to have sex with them, that's not the same, you know? But, but the idea that sex is only for love, that's some Puritan bullshit. It's stupid. You should be able to do whatever you want, guys and girls. You know, everybody. <laughs> the girl the girl that we were talking about that uh, Tommy Buns and I was talking about um we were uh Ian Edwards and I were in uh Vegas and we were coming back and we ran into this girl that Ian knows and she's a uh a stripper and uh she had coffee with us at the uh, airport at the little uh coffee bean thing and she was talking about working at the Rhino and that this girl, <laughs> I told this story the other day that this girl that she was with said uh how lucrative do you get 
she goes, what do you, what do you mean? She goes, if dudes give me a lot of money, I'll be getting lucrative. I'll go back to their hotel. <laughs> so, so that became like all weekend. I mean, all, all flight back. How lucrative do you get? How lucrative? She was talking about her husband who lets guys fuck him. He's gay for pay. He'll let like five guys run a train on him, but they have to give him like a lot of money. <laughs> that should be legal. It should be goddamn mm, legal. I don't think you should. No. <laughs> Why? What if you were gay? If you were to... gay, you would love it. If you would love it. If you could pay some guy and fucking have him blow you, he'd be all excited. You should be able to do it if that's what you want. There's no one should be able to stop that. If there's only this four people in this room and Jamie wants to pay you for head. Gets it for free. And you, you want you want to blow them? <laughs> why, why should that be bad? It's fucking childish. We're, we're this is all some ancient Puritan stupidity. That's all it is. It's just some ancient stupid shit that people have been clinging to forever. No one should be able to tell anybody what to do if it doesn't hurt you. If it doesn't hurt somebody else, if it doesn't hurt other people, you're not victimizing anybody. It's one thing like the sex industry, like you know, like uh, sex slaves and underage sex people. That's a totally different story. Like exploitation, that's a totally different story. But some girl who just wants to get lucrative, <laughs> how lucrative do you get? Because <laughs> I be getting lucrative. <laughs> you should be able to do whatever you want. We're living a we're a bunch of babies, a bunch of grown up babies. You don't fuck around with drugs at all, huh? I, listen, I, I've done pot. Is that, is that done how you say pot? it? <laughs> I've done the pot. I've done the pot. That's so bad. I've done pot. pot no, listen, me, every once in a while, we'll, we'll fire it up. And, yeah. uh, That's what I know. What's that? It's got glass I feel like it. you got stuff that nobody yeah. else has. You're right, like, like, what is that? Is that? The only time I've seen a cork was in wine. And, and you got it on the... Uh, smell. What is smell it? it? You get high just smelling that joint. It has a glass a tip whiff. in it as a filter. Oh, man. Yeah. What is this? That's real weed. That's American weed, goddammit, from California. But you, 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 you never used to do this, right? You never used to be a pot guy. When we were hanging out at the comedy store. 2000. 2000. You, That's you, when I started. You, you flipped over, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it smells good. It's 15 good. years. 15 years of steady. Steady, steady pot. pot abuse. Like you smoke pot every day? No. No. Whenever I want to. Well, what does it do for you? What, what, I mean, like, a lot uh, of things. It makes me more creative. Um, makes me um, makes me relaxed. Makes food taste better. Makes sex feel better. Makes movies more interesting. I love to watch documentaries. I get a little baked. Watch documentaries. Get nervous. Wow. Mm, yeah. Makes me creative. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I come up with a lot of crazy ideas when I'm high. Like some of my best ideas, I come up when I'm high. Let's take a hit and f- see what happens. Want to try it? No, no, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I have that. You're right. Like, I couldn't drive home. Oh, you definitely could. Yeah, I don't it know. It just wouldn't, wouldn't go well. Nipples will be out. My nipples <laughs> will come out. <laughs> He'll drive right to Melrose. <laughs> Where's this store? Where's no, the store? I, I listen, right. it's right nice. here yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I remember it. Like, every once in a while, we'll do it. Just, you know, if it's every there, we'll, we'll, me and my wife will. Yeah, that's when it's fun. Yeah. You do it, you and the wife. Take, yeah. Don't get crazy. Don't get paranoid. Take, like, one hit, and you have the best sex yeah. ever. You, like, rediscover each other. So I love it. Especially edibles. A little edible. Just not, don't get terrified. You know, just, you know, have a little peace. What do you, what do you, what do you got? What's the, what's the recommendation? What do you, uh. I got everything. I got it all here. <laughs> what do you want? You tell okay, me. Can I get, like, a little. How uh, high do you want to get? <laughs> <laughs> Give me something I could eat with my wife. Okay, Jamie. 
Well, after the show, yeah. we'll hook them up. We got a bunch of stuff here. Yeah? Yeah, people keep giving it to me. I got a bunch of good stuff. These jambos, these are the shit right here. A whole box of it right here. What is? All right, what, what's, what's this? this? I got all kinds of things in here. What are those? Um, awesomeness. Yeah, that's for you. That's for you. Don't get crazy, though. Don't eat too much of this. Healthiest edibles. Listen. Cookie This is the shit, Jambos. Oh, they're truffles. But, 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 I will warn you right now. Gentle baby steps. Like one? Oh, two. Don't even eat the whole thing. Okay. Just take little bites. Find your way. Find your way, Grasshopper. How about this? Look at this. Look at this shit. What's that? (sighs) Consume half a truffle for the first time. What's that? What is that? Supercharged butter. It's just butter? Just, what do you put this on? Toast in the morning? <sighs> popcorn. Yes, you do. Put that on your popcorn. You fucking go right to Pluto. Really? Yeah, go see Star Wars. When the new Star Wars comes out, <laughs> Put that. melt right? that butter, okay. bring it with you. <laughs> or just just use it and look at the old one. I think it's the new one. Yeah, just that. <laughs> Star Wars will become, you'll be like, first of all, this movie oh, is fake as fuck. But when you take that home, to really, so trust just, me, so you, gentle. This is gentle ACT. meaning like just a nibble. Like a fingernail. Like a, like fingernail. a pinky fingernail. Like a pinky nail. All right. That's the size piece you want to try. Okay. Don't get crazy. I'm not kidding, man. These these things will fuck you up, man. Wow, this is great. It has MCT coconut oil in it, and it's grass-fed. Well, Jambos is my favorite because wow. these guys are making – it's all organic, all healthy, no processed sugar, no high-fructose corn syrup. Everything they make is, like, very good for you mm. and puts you on fucking Pluto. Gluten-free, too. That's right, bitch. No gluten. No gluten. You don't want gluten when you're getting so high you want to die. It's <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you want to do is be thinking about, oh, I had the gluten. I was doing so good. I think I'm going to go back to gluten-free. Wow. I get a fucking problem with pasta, dude. Well, what's the problem? Is it a... The, the is it, guinea is it a, in me. Is it a stomach issue? I love it. No, it makes you fat. It, it's, it's not good for you. I uh, There's... I'm pretty objective about what happens when I eat food. Like some foods have a reaction that I don't necessarily like. I don't like the physical reaction. Like, look, if I eat salads, just like a nice healthy salad and a piece of steak or a piece of meat or a piece of fish, I feel great. I have no problems. But if I eat like a big bowl of pasta, like I'm a a sucker for like linguine with clams, Mm -hmm. that brick in my stomach, it feels awesome when it's going down. When I'm eating it, I'm like... I can barely breathe. I'm just. It's so good. It's so good. But after it's over, you're just like. Yeah. Well, your body, your fucking insulin spiking, and your body's trying to process all that dough that's sitting in the bottom of your stomach, and your body just turns it into straight sugar. I mean, it's really. It's you might as well be eating bowls of sugar when you eat a big plate of pasta. No, I had, I had a, a sensitivity test out of like a blood sensitivity, and I have a sensitivity to those products. And when I do eat it, it's a problem. I, I listen. I was I was eating cheese, breads, pasta for years. Mm. Had bloatedness, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't mean to get grand, gas like you wouldn't believe, right? <laughs> and I just thought, all right, this is part of aging. <laughs> you know, I just. Ripping them, like, okay, this is what the what, what happens when you become 40. So I went to get the test, and I, I eliminated it out of the diet. I dropped some weight, and I don't have that, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying. You have yeah. a nice salad, nice steak. It's nice. Yeah. You, you don't feel exhausted, but uh, I have a bowl of pasta. Forget it. I'm, I'm napping. Yeah. It's so good, though. It's beautiful. Bread is so Fantastic. good. 
Fuck when they come when you go to an Italian restaurant and they come with that bread, oh, they get the that basket great. of bread Unlimited and the butter breadsticks. and the fucking the olive oil. Oh, no, forget it, <laughs> forget it. But it's just so bad for you. I mean, it's not the worst shit in the world for you, but I think I'm going to give myself just a cheat day a week, and then for the rest of the week, I think I'm just avoiding gluten from now on. I'm going to well, just I'm going to avoid breads, processed sugars. Yeah, I just uh, I, f- I work out so much and I'm t- I take such good care of my body. That those things, that when I do those things, I'm going to limit my alcohol consumption too. I'm going to limit my alcohol consumption to one day a week. I've cut mine in half in the last two weeks. So like 50, 60 drinks a week 70 now. to 80 drinks. <laughs> what's, your, what's your drink? You got like a go-to? Uh, turkey, ginger, Tur- wild, wild turkey, wild turkey, and ginger ale. That's your shit? Yeah, ginger ale helps with a, the stomach. It's not a bad drink. Let's get a drink right now. Fuck it. God, it sounds <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the other way. I'm just gonna drink till I die. I'm gonna go Bukowski style. Just fucking get a big. I was fat going bloody. there for a while. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, I was just you know deep drinking. Like you gotta uh, get off the cancer sticks, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but drinking were, was way more. If like I've been destroying myself drinking like the last six months. Is now. it just hanging out the store? Hanging out the store, just you know that just the shit I've been dealing with. I'm just like fuck it. I'm just going all in drinking. <laughs> but uh, no, and then I've, being out of it, what's really nice is waking up though and just going, oh yeah, I don't have a hangover. I forgot. Yeah. That's so great. I <laughs> thought that this morning. Been waking up at seven in the morning. For this now. morning, I woke up, got the girls ready for school, and then took a yoga class, and I feel like a winner. I just feel like I'm yeah, fucking why ruin, productive. Why ruin that? Why yeah. ruin that with beverages at night? Exactly. Yeah. It's hard, though, at the comedy store. I just stopped going to the comedy store half the time now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though, man? I go and smoke a little weed and drink water. Yeah. I do that, you know? Because the weed just doesn't affect, especially those vapor pens. Mm-hmm. I love vapor pens oh, now. That's my new way to do it. Me too, man. No coughing, no nothing, no weirdness, and 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 the the ones that fucking Gino has from Speed LA Speedweed, Speed yeah. Jesus, that man has good products. He he he. Did, I just did a Playboy interview for for him or with him uh, for his business, and he showed me all his new products. He has these pens where, it, you know, rechargeable batteries, and you just buy a new tank, mm-hmm. and it's five hundred hits per tank. And mm-hmm. I, I think he said it was like forty bucks or something. Mm-hmm. It's so much better, and you can just do it in public because it doesn't smell like it smells weed. like strawberries. Yeah, it smells like strawberries. It's got some that smell like strawberries. Yeah. yeah. People think you're smoking some sort of a tobacco product. And the glass tips that he sells, once you go glass tip, it's really hard to go back to like those little paper ones when you're just, it's it's like you start getting spoiled. You know? Glass tips. <laughs> Let me tell you something about glass tips. When I grew up in fucking North Bergen, New Jersey, there was no glass tips, cocksucker. <laughs> you took your fucking weed. When the weed came your way, you took what you got. Yeah. Fucking kids in their glass tips. I got a glass tip. I'll stick it right up your ass. <laughs> your fucking glass tips. Nothing like doing an interview though with a you know a publication like Playboy and then being so stoned though that halfway through you're just like, huh? What did I talk about? <laughs> did you get stoned before you did the culture high? Before you did that interview? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I was sick oh. before I did the culture high interview. When I listen to it now, I'm like, wow, my voice is all fucked up. I was uh, I was flying from gig to gig. I was in Edmonton doing stand up. When I did that, that's a great documentary, though. Yeah, I just rewatched it the other day. It's fucking really... that guy Adam Scorgi. He knows what the fuck and Brett. They know what they're doing. They nailed it. What's no, it called? It's called the Culture High. Culture High. About it's what? All, it's just, yeah, it's about. Well, they they did this documentary called The Union, which is all about the uh, the the business of marijuana in British Columbia and how it's so such a part of the economy. If you pulled weed out of British Columbia, the economy would fall apart. 
like the wow. like Vancouver, like that area, is almost entirely dependent upon weed. It's a staple of their economy. And if you pulled it out of there, like the money, they would be fucked. And it just showed, it highlighted the silliness about marijuana illegalization. Like how crazy it is that grown adults can't have this one drug that has zero side effects, doesn't kill anybody. This one drug that has all these medical benefits, this one drug that helps all these kids with autism and people with wasting disease and glaucoma, interocular pressure reliever, all these different things that it does for you, and it's illegal. But then you look at all the stuff that is legal and how all this, the side effects of all the shit that marijuana would replace, it's fucking crazy. Well, they went into it way deeper with the culture high, and the culture high just showed how fucking insane it is and how much how much bullshit is being spread about like what where what addiction really is like people say that weed is addictive which is why i got so mad at fucking dr drew like all this addiction nonsense no physical addiction properties in marijuana it just doesn't exist what the addiction is is the same addiction that you would have if you were addicted to anything, whether it's gambling or jerking off or fucking people are addicted to all kinds of crazy shit. Those thrill seekers like that kid that was on that skateboard, guaranteed that kid's addicted to adrenaline. Yeah, I mean, but you, when you see the people, though, that uh, smoke the marijuana where they're, like, having a joint and they have a second joint ready yeah. just for it, if they didn't have joints, it would have been something else. Yeah. So that's not, it's How many people do we know that. that are like that with food? Yeah. With f- we know guys that are like that with food, that literally they will stuff their fucking faces until they die. Yeah. They just get addicted to yeah. food. Same thing. They pass by a, a jack-in-the-box. They can't help. They, pull, they find themselves in that drive-in. Their heart rate's increasing, and they start ordering food. They know they shouldn't eat. And they just, it's the same thing. Yeah. We, people get addicted to shit. It's just a part of being a person. You know? So taking, taking that away from people is just stupid. You can do it. Do whatever you want. If you want to, you know, you want to fucking go pole vaulting. You want to walk on a tightrope. You can do it. You can do all that stuff. Do whatever you want to do. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Open and free. You want to? You want to take a little cookie dough, a little fingernail? Do it. <laughs> careful. Be careful with that though. Joe, I don't want to see Joe, you in a week the, from now. The way you're talking about this, yes. I, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you gotta do it because my fingernail might be longer than yours. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a little bit, and I'll be uh, I'll be uh, convulsing in my driveway. Mm. Um, you'll be fine. <laughs> just being real nervous for a while. I, I a couple t- hours. I candy flipped the other day by mistake. I didn't know it was a candy flip. I thought it was just ecstasy, but it was acid and ecstasy. And wow, highly recommend that. That is cool. You you don't tell that to the kids. <laughs> what about the children? Allegedly. <laughs> How, see, that's another thing. How come that's not legal? How come yeah. what you did is illegal? I don't know. There it's should just... be places where you can go and you could legally candy flip. Yeah. Like there's doctors there, padded walls, the whole deal. It's great. What a great combo having hallucinogens with something that makes your body feel amazing. I mean, I just sat there and soaked in the girl the whole time. And we're just like, ugh. Yeah. It's great. There you go. Look at that. See? Hey, I'm learning stuff left and right. Candy flip? You didn't? Hear, you never heard about come that? Come on, Joe. I don't live in these circles. Well, come on, what circles do you live in? I don't, I, A bunch I, of waiters not, <laughs> sitting around talking about nipple shirts. 
Furniture shopping with dice. <laughs> it's the best thing you could do with your wife or girlfriend. Look. It's because it's just like truth serum, and then you put you add the the, the acid to it. And now it's like oh, you're in I, Alice I in Wonderland. I can't do this, man. I, too, too much. I, too yeah, much too truth. Much. Too much, and it's just too much going on. This is I, I've always had a fear of doing any of these things because I feel the time I do it, my body reacts to it, and people are gonna go. We've never seen this happen before with a candy flip. <laughs> Guy's foaming at the mouth and he's losing blood. That's that. I've always, I've always, had, I've always had that fear, so I don't do any of it. I just have a nice cabernet, <laughs> and we call it a night, right? That's my candy that's flip, a little bad. grape, and that was that's that's the end of that. If you get crazy, you'll take a shot of Jack. I like, yeah, I like Patron. That's my Patron. 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 Tequila, very smooth, little especially tequila. when it's cold. Yeah, that, that's all I go. That's about as far as I go. No but, Coke. No, never did it. Never, never, never. never. Why do you always talk about your fingernails then? How do you know that then? What do you well, mean? I saw his fingernail. Mine's longer. No, it's coke it, now. It, it, no, no, Just yeah, a <laughs> little bit. My fingernail is a little bit longer. Could be a little longer. Yeah. No, I never, I've never done it. <laughs> I, I did, I did. Um, what did I do? I did mushrooms once in college. And Only once. I, I, yeah, and I don't know what was going on. I had a, I had a full. I was freaking out, and the people had to talk me down. I, I don't know what was going on, so I was like, "This ain't, this ain't for me." You ate too much. Uh, yeah. Well, I, they gave me it in a sandwich, and the guy apparently, when you first do this stuff, you're supposed to do it with somebody, and the guy left me, and I was the president of my fraternity at the time, so I'm walking around the house, and the alumni's going, "What's going on with the, with the chapter? Why, why are we in debt?" And I'm like, uh, sweating. And I had to go back to my room and and, uh, and and by myself was in the room hoping that this kind of would end because I thought I was going to be this way for the rest of my life. That's where Whoa. I was. So I was like, I ain't doing this. This ain't, this ain't for me. And uh, ever since then, a uh, little wine and a little Cabernet, little Cabernet and we'll call it a night. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do a jambo with my wife maybe on vacation. We'll yeah. see how this does. Uh, yeah, you can have a little bit of that. Yeah. Half. yeah. No, no, no. Don't listen to him. <laughs> Bag. You know what you want? Here, this is a good measurement. Oh, here's the top one. of a USB stick. Oh, that, is that the that metal piece? That's the that's measure. That's the standard. That's what you want. That's what you All want. Right. Nothing bigger than that. Look at that and chop that off. Cut that off. Cut that off. Cut that size of a piece off. All right. And then take a little time. Like give it an hour and a half. And then if you feel like I can go deeper, then take uh, one and a half of those. Just don't get crazy. Right. Where people fuck up is they go too deep and then they never want to do it again. They miss all the benefits. <sighs> Girls that don't smoke weed usually have, oh, every time I smoke, I have a panic attack. How much do you smoke? Oh, like a joint? And I'm like, yeah, why didn't you just have yeah. one hit? <laughs> if you don't smoke weed and you get into this California shit that Gino's pushing, ooh, it, it, but it's a psychedelic. It really is. I mean, th this new marijuana... If in the right dose is absolutely a psychedelic, especially if you eat it. I I see some insane shit in my tank when I when I eat the weed. I get uh, I get the wild wild visual visualizations where they might as well. I mean, it might as well be on mushrooms. You know, the combination of the sensory deprivation tank and then the weed together. No yoga, Sebastian. No nothing. Uh, You're fit. You look like a fit guy. I, I, a little working out. I keep in shape, but I'd like to get into yoga. The older I get, 
the more I think I should get into yoga. I have severe back problems. It'll uh, help yeah, tremendously. I, I've heard that it's great for the back. Yeah. And uh, you know, my posture, I'm, I'm slumping. I feel like I'm, I'm like devolving. Do you I live feel, in the city? Where do you live? I live West Hollywood area. Yeah, there's a great, uh, that Bikram's yoga on La Cienega. That's the Bikram, that crazy fucker who's um, the, the, like, he's always been charged with a, like, sexual assault and all kinds of weird shit. I don't know what the fuck the guy did or didn't do. But highly regarded as a yoga instructor supposed to be a kind of a kind of douchey human that's but, that's the heat the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, hot, hot yoga. yoga yeah that's what i do i do that stuff you know one of the reasons why i do it is because um rhonda patrick the doctor that i have on the podcast a bunch of times she talks about uh the benefits of sauna about uh heat shock like heat shock proteins and uh when your body heats up like that there's like there's this compensatory response that your uh you know your body's like holy shit we're dying like we have to produce like something to deal with this and that that response i guarantee you that's a similar thing to what you get when you do hot yoga cuz when i do that shit i'm high for like the rest of the day it sucks while you're doing it man whatever bitch you have in you that fucking last 15 20 minutes of yoga class will pull it out mm. because those that's the hardest one of the hardest things i do is the la- like it's an hour and a half class and the last 15 20 minutes i am fucking sweating like a pig I'm, I'm heat overheating like crazy, but when you get out of there, you feel like you really did something, and you feel great. You feel like loose and pliable. Yeah, I need that. I need that pliability. I feel tight and uh, yeah, especially as you get older. Yeah. Does it just smell like butt in there though. Is it just a butts everywhere? Just no. ass. Uh, I try to not. I try to keep to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Stick my nose in people's asses. It smells, it smells like housewives, mostly. Housewives Ooh, are tougher than you think, dude. Good butt. Oh, there's some pretty girls. Yeah, pretty girls do yoga. That's one of the benefits of it, to get something to look at. Yeah, I got to get into more uh, alternative type of stuff. I mean, you know, I'm still you know, going to the gym. Lifting the weights. weights. Stretching so is so important. I don't do that. How old are you now? 42. Yeah, see, as you get older, that is the one thing that really fucks with you is flexibility. Spinal flexibility is a big one. Mm-hmm. Mobility. You know, and a lot of people, they don't work on that. It's not fun. You know, it's fun to go and do some curls and then look at yourself in the mirror. Look at all that. You know, that's fun. It's easy. Yeah. But it's not easy doing yoga. Would you do yoga? Yeah. I like yoga. About- I wouldn't do hot yoga, though. Why not? I, I, just, I just don't like it. I, I did hot yoga once with my ex, like, a long time ago. And it yeah. was awful. It was just miserable. I didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> You might it's need not to sweat. Be fun. <laughs> I think regular yoga out though bit. would be fine, but uh, I don't know. Sweat out the, sweat out the candy flip. How come you don't do it? Mm. Mm. But if you like, if, if I in an ideal world, if you could step outside yourself, if you were like giving yourself advice, and you were like, you know, Brian Redband, you need to get your shit together. I'm going to help you, and uh, this is what I'm going to prescribe. What would you prescribe that you should do? Move from L.A. Move from L.A. <laughs> Why would you move from L.A.? Uh, it's, just, it's hard living here. It's very stressful to live here. In know? what way? Uh, money-wise and stuff like that. Paying bills and, yeah, well, you know. Well, you're irresponsible. That's I'm, part ir- of, I'm super irresponsible. You don't too. pay your taxes. <laughs> you blow every penny you have. Right. All the money. Yeah. You've, there's a lot of issues with you that have nothing to do with the yeah. cost of living in Burbank. Right. You, you know, having like Death Squad Studio and all that, it's like, that's like $2,000 a month that I'm just fucking Why does that cost away. so much? Rent, insurance, uh, internet, all the crap that goes with it. Why don't you have ads on your podcast? Like, what is wrong with you? That seems so well, silly. That would fix all that like that. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. It's yeah. That's I don't have your, a staff. I have nobody. You don't I need just, a staff to. Get I need asked. a staff to to work out deals and to make sure things happen and things like that. No, you don't. You get an agent. There's, there's <laughs> podcast have, agents yeah, now. I know. I have none of that though. So, but that's easy to get. Like there's podcast agents. If you have like you know, a certain amount of downloads per month, there's people that have less downloads than you that get agents. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's easy. It's just that right now it's just like oh, so much stress with other things you know going on. So got to take care of your fucking house. I Keep your house it. in order, son. I hate it. You hate what? I hate all discipline. This, no. Yeah. I hate all this order like, work. It's like it's like I want to be creative. I don't want to be like filing papers and like getting you know doing all this crap. This you guy know. was a fucking waitress. I know what this <laughs> nipple is. Okay. Oh, he was I, a waitress. Yeah, that, you know how nice. 2005. I, I, I used to do the same thing. I, I waited for Why don't you do it 11 years. It's so great. It's uh, well no it's like what I was saying it's actually re- relaxing that having that's very fun because you sleep with everyone that, that works at the restaurant you know it's, how dare you. When you're a waiter you just pretty much hang out with that those people. It's like having a different family like a comedy family like you said. I've done that for a while, but uh, that's a different life, though. It's basic. It's nice. That's a nice basic life instead of having to deal with all this crap. That well, I mean, there's, listen, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong getting a job, supplementing your income while right. you're being creative, right? For 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 me, it, it allowed me to do a lot of things that I probably couldn't if I was just relying on comedy comedy income sure so, uh, oh absolutely yeah. yeah i mean it's a fucking grind man it's a grind it's, the early days especially i used to deliver newspapers that was my gig oh yeah yeah I'd get up every morning and that's when i lived in boston the problem with that is you can't go on the road because you can't leave because you have to do the route yeah but there's a lot of different fucking gigs that you can get as a, a struggling comedian in la you know Especially now, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there for, I mean, if Uber, I think if Uber was around when I was coming up, I I definitely would have been an Uber driver and I would have kept my car unbelievably clean. (laughs) I always used to take pride in cleaning my car, just the way it smelled, vacuuming, nice. You don't do that now? Oh yeah, I I constantly do it. Everything is clean. You're a clean guy, huh? I like being clean. What's that about? I don't know. I just grew up in this house where, you know, everything Plastic had to on be, the furniture? No, not, not. We weren't that, uh, no, I'm telling no. you, I have, I have uncles and aunts. They lived in the basement with the plastic, not my house. My house, you could go wherever you wanted to go, but it was clean. How did that ever happen, the plastic on the furniture in the Italian you don't houses? Use it. You don't use it. It's, it. They got kitchens that they don't use. Upstairs, yeah. the, it's a showpiece. Yeah, what so, is that? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's... I don't know, because you go to Italy, they ain't living in the basement. Yeah. They're using whatever they got. Apparently, they came here, and now there's two kitchens. There's one upstairs, and there's one downstairs. I had an aunt. You walk in, you didn't even go up. They had like a rope. You couldn't even go into that kitchen upstairs. She had you a went, rope? Rope. Like, like, a, a, like, a, like a line at a club? Yeah, like a, like almost like a velvet <laughs> rope that they hooked that you couldn't even get into that area. You went right downstairs, and then they lived... Right in the basement. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know what it was. But How it was strange. I, it was strange. And, and and the whole thing with the uncle, my uncle really taught me how to be clean. That was the whole thing. Was he, he always kept his car immaculate. And I was yeah. fascinated by it. <laughs> Just fascinated. What kind of car? He drove a Cadillac. And how he, used, how he used to um, make it smell good was he used to take like a little towel, cut it into squares, and then roll up the little squares, put them in cologne. And let that marinate overnight. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then in the morning, 
This is it. And then he took it and he put it in the vents of the car underneath, right? And then when he put the air or the heat on, trick car throughout the car. Trick car. That's so stinky. That stuff is so nasty. This is This is 80s. That's hilarious. That's so fucking funny. So I was just to be fascinated on how I used to keep things. Everything was very meticulous. So I, I mean, to this day, I kind of like to keep my car clean. Everybody does. Come on, don't you? I mean, you see, you pull up in the in the, in the you got a nice clean car. Filled with shit. Some of the cars, <laughs> some of my cars are clean. The the uh, Corvette's always clean. The um the, your your uncle was ahead of his time because they they have new cars now that actually have that as an option. They have like a scent that you you can plug in, like the new BMW uh, Seven Series has several different scents and you turn them on and they slowly like filter into the car. Nice. Yeah, they have like a woodsy scent. But meanwhile, how much cancer are you getting from that stuff? <laughs> Breathing in some fucking fake smell that they pumped into your your lungs. If you could smell it in, you're inhaling it. It's you know, a great idea. It is. it is a great idea. As long as it doesn't kill you, it's a great idea. It's probably just the same stuff that they spray in like the car wash when you went new car, cherry. Yeah, maybe, but it, the problem is it's going through the vents, and, and so like it's in the air. I would like to have a particle analysis of what the, that stuff is actually doing. I like the smell of leather. I like the smell of a new car, like the new leather smell. I don't need like forest smells. Yeah, you I don't know, unicorn farts. I don't need that. <laughs> and you know, daisies. It smells like daisies. What am I outside or am I inside? I'm in the car, right? If I want to smell daisies, I'll go s- sit in a daisy field. Daisies even smell. Daisies, yeah. Do they? they smell good. What? What Flowers. does? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, anything else to add, Sebastian? Anything else to add? Um, no, I don't know anybody that died from smelling your car. <laughs> oh, that sounds so <laughs> gross, though. I bet there's a lot of <laughs> rape victims that would argue <laughs> argue against that. I, I had that stuff for a while. Again, you, why, you, why did I have it? Because I was trying to get laid. That's why. So you, you no longer work alone. No. How dare you? Do you? What, what did you wear? Do you wear it your car? Like, Not, no. Man, I'm a fucking man. Well, I, smell, why, why, I smell like a you man. You smell like a man. So, so, so cologne is, is not manly? No. Nope. No. I mean, no, it's like perfume. It's guy perfume. It's just a little, just a little hint. Hmm. I've often, I've often heard this. Yeah. You're not going to like this. Put a little cologne on your hand, right? Mm-hmm. Shake somebody's hands like your business card. They go home. Is that him? Ew. Is that her? What the Right on what? the hand. <laughs> That's disgusting. I heard that. Somebody told me. Put a little cologne on your hands like your... Tell that person they're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. that start doing that. That person's fucking crazy. You don't want to do that. It's, oh, get, People God. stink. That's why like, people come home and they're like, Wait, what is, why do you smell like that? Oh, I shook Sebastian's hand. <laughs> yeah, get your knuckles. From now on, only knuckles. That's how Hallie Mandela got started with knuckles. Somebody snuck him a sub- Sebastian oh, your car oh, handshake. Sebastian business card. That's a great idea. I got to get out of here. So uh, for uh, your website, what's your website? SebastianLive.com. SebastianLive.com. Uh, you on the road anytime soon? Yeah, I'm going to Hampton Beach, New Hampshire this oh, shit. Friday. Oh, the casino? You yeah. the casino up there? I've the done casino. that. That's fun. Yeah. It's a fun gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to do it. And Fox I saw Woods. George Carlin there. Did you? Yeah, when I was an open micer. Wow. Fuck yeah. Foxwoods, you doing Foxwoods, Foxwoods too? Uh, that that will make you want to jump through a fucking window. That's <laughs> yeah. a terrible gig. Oof, that Foxwoods is rough. Yeah, that's in a, the middle of nowhere, a, man. D- dark, dark, it's dark. Cr- crowd. It's <laughs> <laughs>
um, SebastianComedy.com? Sebastian Comedy, SebastianLive.com, and uh, Pete and Sebastian Show. We got a little podcast that we do as well. Oh, I didn't know you had a... Who's, uh, who Pete you Cor- with? Pete Corielli. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, um, uh, Sebastian Comedy on Twitter, and uh, Brian's show is tonight uh, at the Comedy Store. Again, Jim Florentine, Dom Herrera, Ben Glebe, Steve Aji, Dean Del Rey, Brian Moses, Brian Redband, Mike Lawrence, Tony Hinchcliffe, Mark Saratella, and uh, Secret Guests, two Secret Guests. And uh, that's it, you fucks. We'll see you guys next week, and uh, bye-bye. Big kiss, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show, and thank you to our sponsors. Thanks to Caveman Coffee Company for getting us through this. Go to cavemancoffeeco.com and uh, get some single-origin, single-family goodness in your life. God damn it. Thanks to LegalZoom. 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 You can take care of shit online. Legal stuff. Go to LegalZoom.com. Use the referral code ROGAN at checkout and save yourself some money. Okay. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Stop fucking around. With ZipRecruiter, you can place your job, the availability, and with one click, reach a hundred different sites. Go to ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan and try that shit for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com forward slash Rogan. And thanks Again, to DraftKings.com. Go to DraftKings.com. Use the promo code ROGAN to play for free for a shot at part of $10 million in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. That's DraftKings.com. And use the promo code ROGAN. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Onnit.com. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word ROGAN and save 10% off any and all supplements. That's it, my friends. We're diggity-diggity done for this week. Enjoy your life and uh, be nice to each other and uh, appreciate the fuck out of people. Much love. Take care. Bye-bye.